0: is Howard!
1: Hello! Welcome! It is Talking Bollocks again. It's time for me to talk bollocks. Well, frankly, I do that all the time, not just once a month with you guys. Not Sometimes twice a month, yeah? Okay, pick me up there, why don't you? You fucking bastards. Um, hello! Welcome! If it's the first time you've listened, yes, it's always like this. Um, if you're if you're a bollocker coming back, thank you very much. It's lovely to hear you. Um, hear you? It's lovely to have you. Sorry, there you go. First time listeners, this this is the sort of ramshackle bollocks that people tune in tune in for. There it is. Woo. Yes. Knocked it out of the park there, didn't I? So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll just, look, I'll just do the quick bit of housekeeping and let's get the fuck on the road. Um, Uh, I am your host, Howard H. Smith, Um, stand-up comedian, keithplatt.co.uk, that's my character, go and have a look. Um, I am also, do this podcast, hello, and um, I also used to be the vocalist in UK thrash metal band Acid Rain, and guess what, I fucking am again, because I brought the motherfucking band back, motherfucker. Um, I've brought it back, we have rebooted, it's just me. Um, sorry, that, that's fucking really arrogant. If it's just me. That's fucking so arrogant. It's only me from the original lineup. Four fucking awesome guys in the new lineup. Um, there's gonna be some individual podcasts with them coming up soon as well. And it's gonna be all sorts of nice, exciting stuff. Hope you like the writer's edition. Um, well, I know you did because we've had some really positive feedback from that. And I'm gonna try and get Malcolm on, um, again because it's always nice to have a chat with him. Um, so yeah, uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, just dive, just, Gone off on tangent there already. We've already had a tuning in. We've already, um, have me say something that's bollocks, like it's good to hear you instead of good to have you. Um, and, um, and I've gone off on a tangent. So there you go. It's, uh, all, the, all the pieces are there. So to just to get back to that. Yes, acid rain are back. Um, I am, I'm recording this as we speak. Um, just a few days before the, uh, our new song is released, Plan of the Damned, which will be released on Friday, I was going to hold off this podcast, um, and I was going to put it out with Plan of the Damned on it, um, and then I just thought, no, do you know what, I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to, I want to get it out to you guys, because it's around the right time of the month to get this to you, um, and um, and that was it, really, you know. And also, I thought I can't. I don't really want to sort of as much as as much as I love you guys, and I do, and I completely, you know, re- I appreciate every single one of you. I just thought oh, I know, I've already done a little bit of a clip of the song from the demo version on the on the Acid Rain podcast, and I just don't. I, yeah, I, I I want it to come out, and nobody have heard any of it, so. There you go. So, fuck me for that, eh? But um, you can be sure you're going to be hearing it um, uh, on on this podcast, possibly more than once. And can you blame me? I've got to do everything I fucking can, you know? um, Because, yeah, because the music business is shit. And um, if you didn't already know that, you've known that from many of the interviews I've done with people on podcasts, where people in bands are going, yeah, it fucking sucks, man. So um, so anyway, hang on, I'm just going to adjust the mic. So um, just watch your ears a minute, because there might be a bit of creaking. Oh no, it's already adjusted. So, um, so yeah, but I, I, the, the single's about to go. I've, I've posted that up um, via the company I use, which is TuneCore, TuneCore.com. Go and have a look; they're very useful people. Um, and um, and so the tune should be out um, on Friday. It should be on iTunes, but um, if it, if it, if, it, if it isn't, and if it, and if Amazon don't process it quickly enough, because none of them will actually say, none of them will guarantee a release date unless you do it a month in advance and that's just not, we we weren't able to work that so um, it's a bit annoying but if none of them um, have their shit together in time you'll still be able to buy it from the newly launched website acidrain.co.uk, that's launching on Friday with the song, it's going to launch at midnight so um, it's going to be there, you'll be able to play it, listen to it you'll be able to download it um, if you pay for it um, and, and so, yeah, and you'll also be able to get high quality copies, flack, and all, uh, flack files and all sorts from the band, the, um, uh, the band camp page. Anyway, that's a bit of a fucking advert for my band, so, um, I, I will leave it there, but I'm just so fucking excited. It's untrue. Uh, guys, I am so fucking excited about this. I cannot tell you. I really am. I just, it, it's, you know, it's, well, it's, it's been a long time. It's been 25 years, and, um, and, you know, everybody who's heard the song so far has been really, really nice about it. Um, uh, I mean, Michael Gilbert from Flotsam and Jetson was like, "It's fucking awesome," and um, uh, and my, my mate my, Mike Gonzalez from Dark Angel said, um, "said uh, you know that Asirena back," and it's, he really likes it. And and just everybody that, that uh, we've played it to uh, um, have been have been complimentary. So, set myself up for a fall here, aren't I? <laughs> Um, but just really excited, really looking forward to it. Um, on the road, as you um, as you may or may not know, um, we're touring in the UK in October. So if you're in the UK, get to one of those dates. Um, you can find those dates on the Acid Rain Facebook page. If you go to the Acid Rain Facebook page and click on the tour dates tab, because believe it or not, people still click on. Uh, they're on Facebook and they and they send me things like, "Are you going to be going on tour?" And there's a fucking tour dates tab right there, you blind cunt! Fucking click on that, Jesus Christ! You want me to fucking buy them as well for you? I'm I'm so nice, aren't I? About uh, about my audience. <laughs> That's just yeah. Anyway, um, so and yeah, you'll be able to go to the Acid Rain website, AcidRain.co.uk, uh, and go to the tour dates section and click on there and buy tickets if you want to come. It'd be amazing if you do anyway, that is my, um, that's my rampant ego running away with itself as only I can. Uh, well, obviously with my ego, because I, I couldn't run away with somebody else's ego, could I? That would be fucking impossible. Um, but, uh, but anyway, here we are. Um, we're back. We're up. We're, it's, it's, it's another cool episode. I think it's going to be slightly shorter than they have been the last few three hour ones. Um, which have been so long i've had to find a different program to convert the wav file down to mp3 because the, the the program that i have at the moment just fucking gives up and goes i can't do this this is just too much
2: why do
1: you make me do this every month so um so uh, so anyway um i'm um, i'm sorting it out um we uh, I did, i've got some more interviews in the can for you thinking next month might be really interesting it might be uh, might be a themed episode that will be uh, a little bit off the beaten path and i I, and just if i can i've got one of the interviews in a can if i can get the other one i think they'll complement each other really well and you guys will be um, we'll be happy, hopefully. And if you're not, well, fucking tough shit, alright? You don't pay for this, do you? No one pays for anything, that's a fact. So, um, so yeah, you know, it, it's, um, I, I, I do this for the, for my love, and I and I do it because I know you guys like it as well, so, you know, if there's the occasional Duff episode, I apologise. But, you know, then again, fuck you. Um, right, so, um, what's been happening in the world of metal since last we spoke? Um, well, uh, there was a very good, um, interview, Chris Adler, um, drummer of Lamb of God, and for those of you who don't know, he's also playing in Megadeth now, um, and they've just announced a co-headlining tour, um, ooh, will you be going, Howard? No, that's alright, I don't want to go and see a, uh, shoddy Pantera ripoff and one of the worst fucking live bands on the planet at the moment, Mustaine sounds like he's had a stroke when he tries to sing, it's fucking hilarious, um, so no, won't be going to that. But there's was a great interview with uh, with Chris Adler um, on the Metal Sucks podcast, which is uh, which is uh, I was glad to see in iTunes. People who like this podcast also like the Metal Sucks podcast, and that's great because I think the two are really good companion pieces because those. Uh, you've got two guys with strong opinions there who who knock it backwards and forwards on this one you've just got one egomaniac who just wants to get loads of shit off his chest and not have anybody interrupt so that's how that's how this fucking works in case you haven't been here before um, so um, so anyway a great interview you see how these tangents go fuck me I don't know what I'm doing so um, yeah, so uh, great interview with Chris Adler on, um, on the Metal Sox podcast um, and I was really pleased. I did mention earlier about... Um, I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago about, you know, people were saying, oh, Chris Adler's in the band. Oh, you know, maybe the new album would be good. It's like, no, it means the drums will be good. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know everything, funnily enough. Um, that was just me gobbing off. Um, it you know, it kind of made sense at the time, but obviously I've actually done some research instead of just shooting off of the mouth this time and heard the interview. Um, and Adler sounds like just such a top bloke. For a start, he was saying to them... He was saying to um, to Mustaine, get the get the fucking um, get the uh, Rustin Picks up back together. He was like, "Oh, I can't do it." So anyway, he basically turned around, and the the, the crux of the interview that I found interesting was that he was saying, um, "I'm going to do this magazine, but I can't do it as just a fucking guy on a drum on a drum stool. I've got to be able, to, I've got to be able to say, look, that ain't any good." And you know. That's not, a, and and apparently that that's going down okay with um, with with um, Mega ego. So who knows? Um, I take it back. Maybe Chris Adler might be actually be able to turn around the nosedive in Megadeth's fucking career after Super Concer and Thirteen. Sorry, Malcolm, but they were shit. I mean, Malcolm Dome, we, we we had that chat. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go and listen to the previous episode, then come back. I'll wait. Have you listened to it? Good. So, um yeah, it was it was just it was it was very interesting, and hopefully he can single handedly um pull uh, Megadeth out of the fucking shit nosedive they're in. Um and on the same theme, um heard a new song by Act of Defiance. Um Mmm, who are they? Well they are the band that star that star, that feature, that have the two guys who left Megadeth. So, um, uh, most recently, and, uh, I can't be honest, I, uh, I can't actually remember their names. How shit is that? Um, but, um, look, you, you know how I mean. They've been in their band for years and they both, and they both left together and they're in this new band called Act of Defiance. Hey, get it? A- A- Act of Defiance? Yeah, as in they defied Dave, they, they left Mega. Yeah, thanks guys. That was fucking brilliant. Act of defiance must have taken you at least twenty-five seconds to think of that band name. So the song's called Throwback, I think. And um, and what a surprise! Big drum intro. <laughs> this always happens, right? It's like when you ever you ever hear solo albums by people who are in bands and you love the band and you think, oh, this would be really cool, and you hear it and you think, no, that that's why that's why you need three people around you saying, no, not that riff, no, not that melody line, no, drop that, that shit. Yeah, and, and and that that's why I hate the, like solo albums and things like that, and and usually fucking mega bands as well. You know the super groups, they're always shit. They always turn out to be shit. I mean, when we heard like fucking when you you hear that um, Mr Big was being put, together. Oh, I've done this story before, haven't I? Fuck it, I'll just move off it. I, you you know what I mean? Anyway. um... So, big drum intro, so, you know, like, ooh, I'm off the leash, drums, you know, and a uh, typical drummer, fucking, you know, I paid for that, I'm going to hit it every time I fucking see it, um, and, um, yeah, so, it, it's big drum intro, and it's just, it's pretty fucking average, really middle of the road, you know, kind of average thrash, really, I, I was, uh, yeah, disappointed, disappointed, really, Um so there there you go, that's that's my opinion on that. Um, moving on, I'm sorry guys, but Lamb of God, can't do it. Can't do it, I've tried, I bought Wrath, um, uh, I've listened to the new stuff. Um, and, you know, speaking as a vocalist. Now, you, you can slag me off all you like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Vocals are absolutely, they are way more subjective than, than anything else. I think, well no, that's bullshit actually. Um but look, music it's, itself is is subjective, and one man's meat is another man's murder. One person's favorite vocalist is another person's you know hated vocalist. And um, and as a fellow vocalist, I'm I I you know I'm not going to cast aspersions on on Randy Blythe because he's he's at the top of the fucking tree, and who the fuck am I, um, frankly? Um, and um, and I. I and I like the guy. You know, I've heard him interviewed. He's really sound, very intelligent, um, uh, and and he's you know he's he's, put, he's written it. he's put a book he's put a book out. He's he's done a um, an art exhibition. I mean, you know, the guy's talented. There's a work ethic there. That's superb, you know. Um, but every time I hear Lamb of God, I just think somebody turn the vocals down for fuck's sake. They are way too loud. And, I, and I, since the last time we spoke, I, I kind of figured as well. I heard the song, um, the new song, um, Overlord. And um, you know what? It's, it is really good. It is, it's mean and moody. And God are doing something a little bit different. And it's kind of strange. And I thought, this is really cool. And the vocals? Hats off. You know, they're really, really good. Really, really nicely done. Um, with lots of feeling, lots of melody. And beautifully delivered. Really cool. Up until... Four minutes, and then it's—it's <laughs> it's like a busted kettle. It's just and and, and I think that the, what what I've got a bit dizzy, <laughs> um, I, uh, which gives you some my you know the, the yeah, exactly so my diaphragm's fucked in it. I'm going to be so knackered on this tour, honestly. Um, but. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's always. I, I think what I figured is is heavy vocals. They ju- for me they just seem to be very that are one tone. It's it's just like and there's there's no there's just there's no intonation. There's no there's no difference. It, it, it could be song. It could be lyrics being delivered about um, the death of a loved one, and it could be reading a shopping list. And I, I, wouldn't know the difference. And 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 again, I'm totally up for people saying, "Who the fuck are you?" and listening to my vocals and going, "Yeah, but you're shit, mate." I, I know, I, absolutely. You you go for your life. That's your opinion. This is mine. My podcast. <laughs> yeah. See how
3: that
2: works?
1: Hmm? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's like that. How do you like them apples? So so that, that's just my thing. Okay, that's just my thing. But like, I, you know, I will I will try and give the album a go because there's definitely something different going on now, that that song, Overlord, but it's just, it is just those, that, that busted kettle vocals, they, they're just that, that monotonous, just drawl, the, it just does my head in, but, um, but anyway, anyway, um, and I have to say, I have to say, come on, Randy Blythe, anyone, anybody, hmm, that is a porn name, if ever there fucking was one, yeah, right, it, uh, without uh, Blythe, mother's maiden name Randy, the, your first dog. There you go, bingo. Poor name, Randy Blythe. And um, and and actually, I was I was talking about this to a mate, and he was saying, "Oh no, actually, yeah, his um his um his name's actually David, um Randy Blythe." I, I think it is actually. Um, and uh, I'm going to do a little bit of um uh, a little bit of research on on the, on the hoof here. Um, so just bear with me a second. But come on, Randy Blythe. That that has to be a, um, a porn name. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's its a, it's a cracking porn name. Um, but um, right. Um, right, there you go. Right. His name, right, is David Randall Blythe. Right. So you have the option. I did think it was that, but I just wanted to check. Very unlike me to actually check my facts, hey? Um, and I did actually. David Randall Blythe. Blythe, Right now to everybody, whether this is just a UK thing. okay? because I know I I, I don't know. But to most people in the UK listening to that, David Randall Blythe, you are going to be thinking Dave Blythe. It's right there. It's staring you in the face. Dave Blythe. David is short. It shortens to Dave. All right, Dave. Dave Blythe. Dave Randall Blythe. Or Randall Blythe, who the fuck goes, no, I want to be known as Randy Blythe, actually. And just to in case you're outside the UK, yeah, over here, Randy, it's not a very popular word anymore, but when if you do use it, it basically means horny, okay? So, hence my argument about the board name, Randy Horny Blythe. Uh, you got to love that. You, you really have got to love that. Um, at this point, I'm kind of thinking, do you know what? Yeah. I, 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 I I keep having to qualify. I like the guy, okay, and and this is the comedian in me, just being just not being able to resist having a bit of a giggle, okay. So uh, you know I've got nothing against him whatsoever, but I just think Randy Blythe fucking brilliant. And and how do you tell the band that? How how do you get your name and you go like right guys? Yeah yeah it's uh oh, oh Dave um uh, are you coming around tomorrow? Uh yeah but it's not Dave anymore. Excuse me. It's not Dave, it's not Dave. Um, from now on, I want you to call me Randy. Uh, you, mo- <laughs> you want me to call you what now? Uh, Randy, call me Randy from now on, from now on, right? So So, so hang on. if we're doing a gig, right, I'm, I'm doing the two people now. So if, I, if we're doing the gig, right, on Saturday, I have now got to introduce you as on vocals Randy instead of Dave. Yep. Right, okay. And uh, and, uh, do I have to call you Randy all the time? Or can I call you Dave when other people aren't around? Uh, Well, you you can call me Dave when other people aren't around, but when others are around, yeah, I I, I want you to call me Randy. Right, okay, so, alright, hang on, let's get this straight, right? We're chatting here, Dave, we're having a nice little conversation, Dave... Yeah? Somebody walks somebody walks in the room and I've got to and I've then suddenly I've got to start referring to you, mid sentence, halfway through the conversation, as Randy. Is that is that what you're telling me?
2: Uh
1: yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just boggles my mind. Uh it really does. I'm be I, I know I'm being a cunt. Don't think I don't know that I'm being a cunt, alright? Um I do I do know that. I do know that. Um, but anyway, um, as is usual, we're coming up for uh, coming up to twenty minutes, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking bollocks for just a minute um, and get the first interview up and ready. So um, uh, first up, we're gonna go with um, uh, my uh, catch up with the wonderful um, author um, Joel McIver. Um, Joel, as um, it, it was kind of weird, I, I was I, I was actually. Recording this interview just before the writers' podcast went out, um, so it's it's another writer, and I thought, well, let's keep the flow going. So basically, uh, Joel has been autobiographer for Max cavalliera He was autobiographer for um, uh, David um keeping the Megadeth thing going there, um, and um, and he also wrote, wrote the the bloody reign of Slayer, which is an a, an excellent book. Um, it, it really is. Um and he didn't write two other books about Slayer which um yeah as usual I just steam in there and it turns out that yeah he didn't write them and I'm like eh, oh yeah I should have known that cuz I bought the books for god's sake. So anyway um uh, here's my catch up with Joel he was really cool um he's a very nice guy and lives not too far away we're going to meet up for a beer sometime soon so there you go just keeping you uh, informed of our, of uh, our social calendar. So uh here it is this is my chat with Joel McIver. <laughs>
4: Hey, Hello. Hello. How you doing? You all
1: right? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Fucking
4: Skype. Listen, we'll do. is It's lovely to see your beautiful face, but let's cut off the video because it's fucking up some of the bandwidth. Yes,
1: totally agree.
4: All right,
1: there we go. Uh, well, it was, lovely to, it was lovely to get a fleeting view of your face there.
4: Right, you'll always treasure that.
1: I, I, if nothing else, Joel, we'll always have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever may happen next. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really, really well. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, is
4: the audio good enough quality
1: and whatever? Um. Yeah. It's it, it's all right. It's not. It's it. I'll be honest with you. It's not great, but it'll do. Can,
4: how's this? I pulled the uh, microphone thing a bit closer to my gob. Is
1: that any better? Uh, yeah. That that is a little bit better. Actually, thank uh, you. It's
4: because I'm using a fucking laptop with a rubbish, uh, you know, kind of inbuilt microphone. Anyway, hopefully that that'll do.
1: it. Cool. All right, mate. Um, no worries. No worries. It's, it, it. It makes a change. I was actually thinking about the fact that you know the man who usually does the interviewing is, is, is late for the interview and now screwing up the Skype. And I just thought, you know, have you have you learned nothing over all these years? Uh, mate, this
4: industry will never ever run on time efficiently. To spec, budget, anything like that—you can forget it. Anyway, the fact is, we're talking now. And we yeah, can, we yeah. Had a glimpse of each other. So there you go. Uh,
1: I've got, I've got two Joel McIvers on my left. You have another account, by the way.
4: <clears throat>
1: Do I know? It's definitely not another Joel, Joel McIver. Um, it, it's well, it has got a picture of your face. I'm <laughs>
4: hmm, just wondering if someone's um impersonating. Well, but, um, they they have haven't
1: they haven't agreed to be my friend yet. So if they do, I'll uh, I'll do some dib- digging and report back to you. Well, I don't know.
4: Maybe I set one up once when I was pissed or something and forgot about it, and uh, but my current one has my wife's name on it. And I was probably thinking I'll get my own one. Who knows what happened there? But anyway,
1: here we go. how's <laughs> yeah, it uh, going in uh, Acid Ring? Um, uh, well, yeah, it's um it, it it's uh, it's a whirlwind. Um yeah, it, it, think. it yeah, really yeah. is. Um, I'm I'm. Really fucking surprised by the amount of um uh, of kind of just love that's out there.
4: Well, it does help that today's metal is largely shy. Uh, uh,
1: well, well, thank you, very, <laughs> th- thank you very much. Da- damned by faint praise. Yes, you're wel- you're welcome <laughs> I back.
4: Looking, uh, I was looking at your um Wikipedia page for the band today. Yeah, and it said um, uh, it's divided into sections. The career of the band, and it says origins for the first bit. And then the next part is Rise to Near Fame <laughs> It's really made me laugh. Some fucking some sarcastic person put that as the biography yeah. of the band. It's really made me laugh.
1: I know, I know, same here. I was just like, Oh yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Um <laughs> Yeah, <you know. laughs>
4: it's pretty funny, right? That's in keeping with the uh with the nature of the band. Well
1: think. well yeah, exactly. I mean there's there's um uh, I went I went in and, you know, being the being the spod that I am, I went in and changed changed all the dates and everything so everything's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, but um yeah, it's a it's a laugh. I mean it's uh it, it's it, to, to answer your question, it's amazing to be back in um uh, and and to be honest i mean we've we're we're all constantly playing our new tune at the moment, which we yeah. just finished a couple of weeks ago in the studio and i i yeah. just can't wait to get that out there and uh and get on with it and have fun you know have you got gigs coming uh we're announcing a tour on friday yeah That's been great yeah yeah it's going to be um I'll be there. awesome man it'll be uh it'd be have you did you have you seen us back in the day no, i missed out
4: um in fact, anything. Uh, I mean, I didn't really get to see many. I had a fairly sort of sheltered upbringing, I think.
1: Ah. Are we recording?
4: Are we recording? By the way, now Are we uh, uh, We've music?
1: we've been we've recorded everything, by the way. Oh,
4: okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Um. So I. Um. Uh, okay. So basically. I was born in nineteen seventy
1: one. We're probably about the same age, are we? Uh yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm a little older, but you know a
4: little, a touch more mature around the eyebrows. But um <laughs> Yeah. I've got I, I've got saggier like,
1: balls basically. Until
4: about nineteen eighty six, I mean I really just listened to Duran Duran and Soft Cell and the Beatles and kind of old music that my parents had and then the sort of terrible um of synth pop of the day I and mean, a lot of it was really bad you know like Yazoo and Erasure and stuff but I still have a kind of soft spot for that stuff and then in about 87 a mate of mine um and I started to do started to study bass together we had bass lessons at school and at the same time he was a headbanger so he started playing me his stuff and he played me Master Puppet, and he played me Rain and Blood and that was it and I think my mind was blown I mean I'd, I'd gone from listening to all this stuff which was I don't mind pop music, I've got no problem with it, but this stuff, flash metal, just destroyed me. So I was into it at that point, but I just never really went to any gigs. I went to Donington and ATA. Um, I didn't really start going to pop gigs until a little bit later on. So, yeah, so sorry I missed out, unfortunately. That would have been great to see you back in the day.
1: Ah, uh, well, never mind, mate. You know, it uh, all comes to he who waits. Um, there you, uh, you know, know we're, we're, 25
4: we're... years later
1: or whatever. That, that, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, anyway, look, fuck it. This, the, 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 this isn't... Um, this isn't about me. Well, look, you—you you might not have uh, seen us or anything, but I'm—I'm. I'm, um, we can still be friends. We—we—we we, we can still be friends. To be honest, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I'm—I'm I'm a punter of yours. I've. Um, oh really? Yes? Uh,
4: that sound, makes me sound like a prostitute,
1: though. It does. It, uh, well. To, to to be honest, um, I I would have preferred a good scene to than these four pieces of shit I've had to read. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you
4: know what? Uh, as an apology. Um, for the for the poor nature of the books that you've had to read, uh, I'll, I'll allow you to penetrate me.
1: <laughs> Excellent. I'll be doing that with a screwdriver and a hammer. Uh... Oh,
4: yeah, that's quite, that's quite, like, it uh, reminds me of Calibre Corpse, actually, who's who's uh, uh, official book I wrote last year.
1: <laughs> oh, and, uh, we... nicely done. I saw what you did there. Yeah, well, it's
4: an interesting segue. We, we saw, I mean, I had to go through their lyrics and, and sort of, talk in great detail about some of the more gory stuff that they've done and that's exactly the kind of you know lyrical content that they would have so i'm, I'm on a I'm familiar ground here
1: yes yeah yeah penetrated with screwdriver and hammer really? um well no i've got the um i got the i think i started out with the 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 little rain and blood book that you did
4: no, no that wasn't me that was a guy called Dave ferris my apologies i don't know no, I... it's fine it's a, it's a i'm very pleased that you're confusing me with him because he's a great author and that book is brilliant I did do a slayer book, but um that was a couple of years before his uh rain and blood book but um no well, I exchanged a few emails with
1: that guy and he, he seems like a really good good guy no no well i my apologies but yeah d- great book but no yeah you d- you did the bloody reign of slayer which is uh, which yeah. is which is on my um on my coffee table as we speak and i also <laughs> i also read the Jave and dave and jeff years and also the max book as well
4: oh thank you yeah the max book was uh was a um a, a hell of a laugh to do i spent a uh, Probably two years with him, you know. It's funny actually, Max recently did an interview where he said, Oh, you know, we did a thousand interviews. And he was only kidding, we actually did about 30. But, um, it, the, the interviewer took it seriously <laughs> and wrote, Oh, he did a thousand interviews. And, um, it subsequently been repeated by later interviewers he said, Oh, yes, yeah, so what was it like doing a thousand interviews with John McCover? A thousand interviews, you, you could write, you know, um, easily 150 books. Um, uh, you know, so that that kind of
1: made me laugh. Anyway, did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, no, I did. I I, I really enjoyed it. um oh, great! I, I, well, I'd been waiting for it to come out in English. i obviously it had been a while. It had been available for a while in Portuguese, and yes, that's
4: right. Yeah, um, usually um, a book that uh, I do with someone or or not one of my own it will come out in English, and then the overseas territories will license it for publication in their own languages. But in this case, there was such a demand in Brazil.
1: For Obvious reasons, that, uh that was the first issue that came out. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I it was great to get. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, I I must admit I didn't buy a physical copy of um, of the Dave and Jeff years because I I wasn't sure if it was available or not. I actually got it as a I actually got it as a bit of a Kindle. So um, the Dave
4: and Jeff years is also by Dave Ferris, not? Oh, me. for
1: fuck's sake!
4: What? I know, Get it right. I yeah, mean, I, 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 I tell you I can what. i you on the sole understanding that you read more than one of
1: my books. I, I look. I really, I, I, I really <laughs> have done my homework here. <laughs> no, don't
4: worry. Don't worry. We all are all pretty much the same. We all live at home with our mothers. <laughs> well, um, uh, funnily enough, I
1: was. Um, yeah, I did. So yeah, I, let, let's fo- let's focus on the books. That, well, actually, I don't want to focus on the books
4: that I've read. What I did want to if say is, um, um, I did a book called The Lord of the Rings. Have you read that?
1: Yeah, yeah, very funny. You've seen the films as well, actually. Yeah,
4: and I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of doing a series of books about um, a teenage wizard.
1: Uh, really, I, I I would, but I I I try and steer clear of the names Dave and Steve. <laughs> I'm right.
4: thinking of calling him Larry Trotter.
1: Yeah, maybe. Although that's a little close to only fools and horses. If I'm fair, you know, <laughs> I'd, I I think you might. You might come on at some, some some trouble there, but um. There so how look? I, I was looking at your um uh your Wikipedia page today, as obviously you were doing. It's like both we're both doing a what passes for research these days. Well, I, tell you
4: what, I tend to keep mine quite accurate, um, because I know people check it, and I, I don't want, um. It, it to be inaccurate so you can look at mine with with impunity because
1: the facts are right isn't it? well it's funny it's funny we're back there aren't i as i was saying earlier i was the mm. the only thing i've done with our wikipedia page is just correct it and make sure that it's all like you know it's all yeah. as is but um so i was reading it and i was kind of like i was looking at it and i was thinking where does this guy's journey suddenly take a right turn and he becomes heavy metal writer because it, it, it's, it's it's kind of sparse on background, and I, cu- I couldn't really figure it out.
4: Um, so what happened was um, <clears throat>
1: uh,
4: I graduated from university in 1993, I travelled for a bit, and then I was an English teacher for a while. And uh, while I was an English teacher, I decided that I should really try and be a journalist, because that was, I was interested in writing, I was quite good at it. I got a job on a magazine called Record Collector, which is uh, good old record a, collector. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's actually quite a prestigious magazine. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, I worked there from 1999 to 2005, and uh, I didn't really know much about writing or editing and you know and stuff. Um, that was an amazing boot camp uh, for that to happen. So, and then once I was on the staff, uh, they said, "Well, what do you know about? You know, what's your expertise?" Um, because everyone has you know an area of expertise when they review albums, the interview bands. I said, "Well, I do know a lot about thrash metal and death metal." Um, and so I was the guy who interviewed Dave Mustaine and James Hetfield and Kronos from Venom and a, a galaxy of heavy metal people suddenly. So suddenly I was the metal guy. That's and awesome. It was, I mean, I liked all sorts of music. You know, I, I said I used to like Duran Duran. I mean, I continued to like all that stuff, cheesy as it was, uh, while I enjoyed my extreme metal. Um, but I, I was the guy who did the metal. So when the time came to propose a book on, uh, on, on a subject that I was interested in, first book I did was called Extreme Metal just because that was what I knew about and I was writing about and I was connected to that world. So that, and then once you do that and it's a success, more and more of those opportunities follow, right? So suddenly you're now the metal guy. Um, although I have, I have written books on other subjects, I've written about um, hip hop and, and soul um, and, and I've did a book with Glenn Matlock of the Sex Pistols a while ago. So and no, er, it's and, not, all your, and Erica, not all your heavy metal stuff. And Erica Badu? There you go. So that was my venture in soul, you know, and... Um, I I I God, I used to love that music. I thought it was amazing in sort of early two thousands when you had people like Jill Scott, you know, and uh Macy Gray and all that stuff. So I mean that complemented the music I was listening to from Slayer and Morbid Angel and Death Side quite quite well, I thought, you know. It, yeah. It covered all the all the uh all the moods, you know. Although it does stand out a bit, it looks a bit odd, you know. Oh yeah, here's my Metallica and Slayer and Black Sabbath book and oh yeah, I did an Erica Badu book. I realised that looks a bit strange.
2: Yes, but, uh, it's all, it's
4: all music, you know, that's good and, and makes you feel good. So that's my excuse.
1: Well, no, I think uh, look. I always say if somebody says, "What kind of music do you like?" and uh, my response is as belligerent as always would be good. You know, obviously, but yeah,
4: music with energy, music that moves, music yeah. that makes you want to jump around, and that depends on your mood, doesn't it? You don't always be want to listening to the jackhammer thrash metal beat. Um Lovely as those things are.
1: Yeah, I mean funnily enough I remember some I, I, I used to be part of um um uh, well not a collector, there was three three of us comedians we used, we used to write together and we we did a bit of T V and work and radio work here yeah. and there. We used to get together and um, they they they'd turn up and I'd be blasting Slayer. Yeah. And they'd turn up and they'd go, All right and they go, Yeah and they'd say, So what have you been up to? I said, oh, I've just been spinning in the house, chilling out and they used to absolutely piss themselves laughing. That yeah. anybody could just be like chilling out, listening to, you yeah. know, listening to Slayer on full but, blast. Time
4: to is right, you know. In fact, a lot of um, sort of Norwegian black metal, I always found very refreshing and relaxing. You know, those sort of giant sonic sort of soundscapes, even though the music was played very fast, they were quite symphonic, weren't they, and quite orchestral. Um, so that that would always have that kind of soothing effect on me. Um, so yeah, people. I mean, I've I i have you know, I've tried to explain to my family, my friends, my wife, you know, my kids, everybody who asks me, how can you listen to this hideous music
2: yeah.
4: um, and enjoy it, because you obviously are enjoying it and tapping your feet and saying, this is amazing, I want to hear more. My, ex- my explanation is just, look, you either have this kind of instant reaction that that you like, you know, you enjoy it and think, God, this is amazing, or you just don't. And you can't sell it to people who don't like it. There's no point in trying Yeah. Um, You know, for the same reason, I'm not a big fan of Metal Machine Music by Lou Reed. You know, I mean, I think it sounds like a load of crap. But I'm sure there are people who really get off on that and love the sort of dissonance and the the anarchy and the kind of industrial nature of music. That's fine. It's not for me. But I appreciate people like different stuff. People like country and Western. People like samurai fighting music from China, you know, or Japan, rather. And I just, it's not for me. You know, so everyone has a different reaction, and you can't kind of persuade people to like it if they don't have a gut reaction. And the thing about extreme metal, as you know, and a lot of people know who are involved in it, is that it makes people laugh. People think, you're having a laugh, aren't oh, you? You're joking. How can you <laughs> like music that is this fast? And then people will say, well, these musicians must be rubbish. And then, you know, you get into a whole world of misconception about what this music means. Yeah. Um, so, and I've spent years trying to defend it, but I've realised after, while well, you just can't defend it. You
1: know, you either like the music or you don't. <laughs> that's just the way it is. Well, actually, you know, that's a that's a really good um, that's that's a, that's a really good uh, philosophy to have. I mean, like, it, was, I, I, it was penetrating, wasn't
4: it? I mean, it was beautiful. The way I
1: put it. I, I'm 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 I am in awe. Um, uh, well, I, I guess it's the comedian in me that is like you know he, you see somebody else's opinion that differs of you, dis- differs as yours as as a heckle, so you then attempt yeah, yeah. to steam in and correct that heckle. Um, you do that when you're but... doing
4: a live set, a gig, a comics gig. You lay into people. Um, well no only if they, only if
1: they lay into me first um, oh, yeah,
2: but that yeah, no,
1: self-defense. yeah yeah i mean well to be fair no you you will i mean it's called connecting you've got you've got about 80 90 seconds to connect with an audience and that will yeah. and that will shape your gig um, yeah. so you have to connect with them very very quickly in some kind and sometimes if you're on later in the bill and there's been like, you know, somebody, you know, gobbing off or whatever during, during the show and they're called like, you know, Steve or these days they must like, just as likely to be a woman. So like Alice or whoever. If you walk on stage, yeah. you're like, good evening, And you just point at that person straight away and say, don't say a fucking word for the next half an hour. You you are effectively having a go at somebody out of the blue. But you're also playing to the crowd because you know the whole crowd's going to love that because that person's mm-hmm. getting on everyone's nerves. And
4: rather like bullying to me, mate. You, you know, yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> not, not sure I approve. Holy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, de- you've, got more, you've got bigger
1: balls than me being a stand-up comedian. I'd never have the nuts to to oh mate. It's all it's all ego. It's, it's just all about wanting to do it. It's it's mm. it's it's absolutely as you just said about about extreme. It's exactly the same. It's mm. if if doing stand-up. Gave you that feeling that you get when you listen to extreme metal? You do stand up, you know, and and it, yeah, it's it, mean, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's something that um, I had to do. I've, I had to do it. I, I, I mean, I was always going to do stand up even before, you know, Acid Rain. Yeah. Um, it had been in my mind, and you know, I saw Robin Williams when I was fifteen, I think, and and it just completely, you know, just. Change my world, rock my world, but um... it
4: was great one. I loved Angels.
1: Such a lovely song. Oh yeah, yeah, you bastard, <laughs> you fucking bastard, <laughs> Robbie Williams, Robin Williams. That, that is that is one of the great injustices that really is. <laughs> um, but um, one thing, I, one thing I did want to mention was, um, uh, and funnily enough, you mentioned about you know working with Max for for a yeah. couple of years there, and I would imagine that there is there is a certain amount and that you 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 become someone's uh, confidant uh, exactly. a, yeah. you know a best friend priest you you're, you're everything to them
2: for the, for um, a period
1: of time the, the,
4: the uh, sorry to butt in the the word no. that i would use really is is almost a, a therapist it's, i was going to uh, say
1: counselor yeah yeah
4: counsellor is a better word if, uh, be, and it's it's something that is uh, it very much requires you to handle with a sensitive touch because you're yeah you're asking people especially in the case of max who went through quite a lot of trauma in his life you're know, asking people to say for the benefit of your recorder exactly what happened and how they felt and how it made them feel um, and that's quite a big ask you know and not everybody wants to do that but you you have a relationship which is based on trust um, because the whole point of these things is that as a co-writer you will tell the story um, in a way that seems best to you but that the writer ultimately will sign off on it so if there's stuff down there on the paper that actually doesn't read well, and it's a bit too personal, a bit too painful, the understanding is that that will be taken out. And so you have to tread carefully, you know, and therefore, and you know, I'm oh, sorry, I always blather on about this for hours on end, but.
1: No, do, um, please.
4: Cool. cool, but basically the uh, the way that you make these books a success, and I've done four of them now, one with Glenn Hughes, one with David Ellison of Megadeth, one with Max, and one with uh, Glenn Matlock of the Pistols, is that you. You as the, as the author have to give something to the reader, you know, you have to give something emotionally and open yourself up to the reader, or well, the reader doesn't feel a connection. I'm talking about the the, the the subject now, not me, the co-writer, but the subject has to open themselves up a bit. So therefore, there is this necessity to go into sensitive areas, you know, emotional areas. People talk about their parents, they talk about their children, it's very emotional. Um, without meaning to overdo this and make it sound cheesy and corny, but, you know, you you definitely do develop... A relationship that is based on trust and, and, and opening up. Um, so that's how you make these books good um, and therefore you do develop a relationship, which is quite close. Um, and it's a very rewarding thing actually. It's, uh, it, 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 it skills you up in loads of ways for life.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got to be honest, I, I, and I really do kind of feel where you're coming from because... Um, I've, I mean, I've had um, a couple of conversations with people um, yeah. for, the, for the podcast, and merely yeah. in the space of an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes you, you you can really touch on some some really interesting stuff. Um, and and I've been in a position um, I was with Chad Gray from Hell Yeah, where where yeah. Yeah. Um, the press people came around to tap me on the shoulder to say your time's up. Um and he turned around and he turned around and said no you know he, he's staying this is fun um Good. just Good. and 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 in that space of time it's like right right at the I mean, that was the first time it happened was talking to Chad actually and it's happened a number of times and my my listeners will know when it does happen but there's, mm-hmm. there's literally you start out just having a chat with somebody and it's very sort of kind of touchy feely and around the edges and an hour and a half, hour and a half later. You, you really do feel like you've you've kind of you, you know I, I hate to use the word but you've been on a journey you know but, but 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 you have you know
4: yes no it's nice when you connect and bond in some way and an interview uh, becomes not just what you're doing now but you, you discuss deep things you know and that's, that's a great thing um, as, as journalists, we're in a unique position you know um, we are we are able to access people and and if they're Developed people, you know, who've who've been on some sort of development curve in their life. They'll be able to understand and talk and express emotionally the deep stuff they've been through. Um, And anyway, so that's very much what happened. I mean, in the case of all four guys that I've done books with, um, they have all been through recovery um, from some drug or other, whether it's alcohol or coke. Um, or uh, Max was um, addicted to painkillers as well as so, um, alcohol. Oh, um, to, to be fair,
1: to be fair, yeah. just to correct you there, Dave Lefson just swapped his drugs and it's now religion.
4: <laughs> he's, uh, no, he, actually, Dave, David, um, to, to clarify, or rather to correct that. Please
1: do. Um,
4: he's not a, an evangelist Christian at all in any way. He talks a lot about the human doubts that he feels about his Christian beliefs. Um, and he fully accepts that he could be wrong about it all, uh, but it's a lifestyle that he adheres to because it's good for him in many ways. Right. So I, yeah, one I'm... of the refreshing things about doing that book is that I, I'm not a religious man by any means, and I was slightly concerned, as was David, that this book would come across in a very sort of Christian rock, Christian metal way and alienate a lot of people, and the mission really was to, to, was to make it clear to the reader that um, there is a lot of doubt in his mind, you know, and there is a lot of... Sort of humility about. It. He's not saying live your life in, in a particular way. You know, I got uh, Kerry King to do an interview for that book, and he talked about how he likes Ellison because although Ellison is a very religious man, he'll never tell anyone how to live his life, and that's that's Kerry's particular problem with with the world. Um, so yeah, so just just to clarify that it's, it wasn't a big religious treatise in any way.
1: Well, do you know what? That in in which case, I am going to go out and get a copy. Because you know, you don't
4: pick up a book by Dave Ferris by mistake.
1: (laughs) Well, to be fair, I'll be I'll be in luck if I do. Great fucking author.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I I can only dream of aspiring that high. (laughs) No, Dave, Dave's, Dave. genuinely is a great author. He's done some great <laughs> stuff. But um, yeah. So, yeah, so there you go. And anyway, the point is that um, what was I ranting on about? They've all been through um, rehab or some yeah. kind, other, Therefore, you need to tread even more carefully. You know. Yeah. But yeah, so so uh, a counselor is a is a reasonable reasonable uh, descriptor for the relationship that you build.
1: Yeah, and and I, I think as well, I, uh, you know, I've I've found that um, some people are some people are willing to go with you. Um, Some people like a lot more stringent, you know, kind of question, answer, question, answer. Um, And some are, I mean, one particular interview that I did, um, uh, people out there won't even guess who it was. But to me, it just felt like I was interviewing somebody who was willing to answer the questions but just wasn't willing to give anything else outside of that. wasn't when he basically wasn't willing to go sort of you know off roading and yeah. and go. It, 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 they it, they just kept bringing it back. They kept getting, getting the steering wheel and just correcting it and bringing us back to the right side of the road. You and know,
4: changing gear
1: to continue the analogy. Uh, yes, yeah, exactly. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and and it was just so kinda... the air
4: conditioning if it got too too hot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's got a bit dark. Put put the high beams on. Look for any uh, <laughs> obstacles that might be in the way. Um, anyway, I heard that
4: you know a bit about addiction because um, you had to go into sex addiction classes after your gender reassignment.
1: Well, it's funny you should say that because I um, uh, I, I was looking at getting a gender reassignment. Well, no, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. Basically, yeah, how course, it maybe, how it started yeah. was um, um, I needed to get a penis reduction. Yeah, um, and um, nasty
4: no, you know, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So I went in there, um and uh and I said, Look, my mate Joel's there, give him the tip. Um <laughs> and uh, and of course that's that's how that's how you've ended up where you are. Um have you got any um have you have you turned anyone down? I know I I know these are shit questions and the ones that you probably get all the time, but I, um, I have done, yeah.
4: Uh have well, you? Well people
1: who wanted wanted me to be their co writer on their book. Well either co writer <laughs> well, yeah, co writer or, you know, Let's let us hear it. Rubbish or lackey, pe- just general minions. R- um, r- rubbish some people, motherfucker.
4: I, ha- I can't really name them. i don't what. what I know. happens is, this is what happens, right? Yeah. Um, if uh, someone wants me to write their autobiography with them, then the offer will either come through my agents here in London or, or in New York,
2: okay? Yeah.
4: Um, or occasionally people will approach me directly. Now, I will get paid in one of two ways. I'll either take a large percentage of the deal, so in other words I won't take any money up front, but I will take a wedge on an ongoing basis from the income from the book. Yeah. Uh, or I'll take a fee. And in the case of um, certain rock people <laughs> who have approached me, yeah. uh, I have asked for a large fee and they are either unable or unwilling to pay that. Um, and that's what has happened a few times, yeah? So right. people that I'm not really that keen on working with, I've named a, a ginormous fee. And uh, that's put them off. So that
2: that that's how it works. Great.
4: Um, which has been uh, quite a good system so far. So um, uh,
1: did the, did those books come out?
4: No, I didn't
1: do. No, but um, but did but oh, I did see, those? Did they did
4: someone else. Uh, not so far. No, these are a couple of quite well-known people actually. Who, who I better not mention, or I'll get killed. Yeah. But um, uh, yes. So, actually, i yeah, so... actually,
1: actually do what I, do what I always do on this uh, podcast? Tell me after we've recorded. <clears throat>
4: I will, but uh, if you tell anyone, then I'll, you'll find me hanging by by a rope. Um, and, it, you know, someone will come out and do me. So yes, yeah. oh, that's fine. Don't 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 I'm give tight. me don't give me
1: such an incentive to tell everybody. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, that's how it works. But um, uh, that hasn't happened very often. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to work with people that I respect and admire. Yeah, uh, and that's the main thing, really. You know, like like you, you're, you're one of my uh, one of my big heroes. I'm hoping to do your book someday. Uh, well, look, I'm, I'm everyone's
1: hero, so, uh, you know, don't worry about you that. Got people, and...
4: you got people queuing up. I was
1: ju- oh, you beat me to... I was just going to say, the book, <laughs> get in the fucking line, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, I'll maybe let you do the third iteration of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it.
4: Yeah. So, um, yeah. I can you... do the backing, backup research. Hey, well,
1: the... well, you know who the main author's going to be. <laughs> I
4: was just drinking a bit of beer and that made me laugh. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's,
1: it's your man Ferris, obviously. That's it, of course it is, <laughs> Yeah. Come
2: yeah.
1: on. What else you got? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah, No, no. It, 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 um, you, have you got anything? Um, have you got anything in the pipeline at the moment? Anything that's going to be? Yeah,
4: I'm working on five books. Fucking um,
1: hell! Really? Five? Yeah. I, know, yeah
4: I, I mean, so what I do? Um, I'm the editor of Bass Guitar magazine. And, Someone um, has to be. That takes up about a third of my time. Uh, and I love that magazine. It's brilliant. And, uh, uh, you know, that comes out every four weeks. So that's what I do, uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the time. Um, and then on top of that, I write books. I, I write, oh my God, I mean, I write for a whole ton of magazines. I write for Metal Hammer. I write for Classic Rock. I write for The Guardian. Yeah. Agra, um, drummer Magazine, Acoustic Magazine, Occasionally Rolling Stone, um I mean, bloody hell. And, and uh, I also compile albums to record companies and what have you. Uh, and the book, so anyway, so that's what I do. So the book I've just finished is a book on Rob Zombie, actually, um, called Sinister Urge, which was chosen by the publisher. It kind of sounds a bit, <laughs> a bit like someone waking up needing to run to the loo. In the what, morning, what's right? it so, called? Um, Urge. Sinister. Well, he had an album called Out uh, Called Sinister Urge in I think 2000. Blah. But um, so that's been quite interesting. I've just finished that, and that is coming out in November. And that it's an unauthorized biography. It's just a third person bio. But those things are quite often better than official ones because you get to draw uh, a critical uh, and analytical perspective in a way that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to if it was an organized book and you had to say everything's perfect and everything's brilliant. And so the great. And the last, yeah. The so time, so in great, yeah. great. So in real um, in, in real yeah. in
1: real language, what you're basically saying is, in layman's terms, you get yeah. to slag them off, which yeah, you can't.
4: Yeah, yeah, and which you if, can't. You know, you do that once yeah. first, but we... by and large. What I mostly do is focus uh, as well as on his music and on his films. I think he's a, he's a fairly um, competent director and he's made some good films. Uh, and and I, I have a you know obviously what goes along with liking heavy metal is liking horror, and I do like a bit of horror. I love the stuff he's done. So. That well, was a lot of fun doing that. It was really enjoyable. And then on top of that, I'm doing uh, well, two well-known people's autobiographies, and then two more are coming online in the next couple of months. So it's all uh, it's all busy, busy around here, mate. That's awesome.
1: That's a- and where is here? Whereabouts do you uh, do you dwell these days? I live in
4: High Wycombe, which is about 20 miles west of London. I
1: know exactly where you are, mate. I go to your- I go to the cinema out that way all the time. I was in. West Wickham two weekends ago. Um, uh... You the guy
4: that was arrested in the cinema that time?
0: No,
1: no, that wasn't me. I was the one arrested hanging hanging out the back of that sheep.
4: Yeah, yeah, you had all the rodents in your
1: pocket. <laughs> I've always got rodents in my pockets.
4: Anyway, where do you live?
1: Um, I live in uh, I live in West London, Ealing. Why do you
4: live there?
1: Um, well, because it's close enough to be in London. You're um, fi- not
4: really in London
1: no, uh, Yeah, exactly, but you're not really in London because if you go out just about 20 miles it's a load of fucking inbred ingrates
4: <laughs> Just waiting for the day when they have running water and electricity <laughs> That's um, the one, yeah I, uh, I used to work in Ealing, that was where a record collector was for many, many years um, like 10, 15 years ago I was there and actually I really enjoyed it It's like, um, it's like London, but it's not really London It's kind of safe, yeah. uh, sub- uh, sort of almost Ex-ex urban London, isn't
1: it? It's very nice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I, well, actually, I live in um, I live in Hanwell, which of course is um is the is the home of Jim Marshall's shop. Good lord. I know You don't actually live
4: in Ealing You're just saying you live in Ealing It sounds better than
1: Hanwell Well no It it sounds better But Hanwell is more metal Because Hanwell is where Jim Marshall sold his first ever amp.
4: Yeah
1: Keep saying that mate
4: Ealing's very metal
1: Look I'm just going to keep I'm just going to keep plugging the uh, (laughs) I'm just going to keep plugging that Yeah Um But uh, it is, I I, I'm, I I completely forgot about that, and then uh, somebody reminded me, It's so I bragged all over the podcast about it, it's like, yeah. yeah I was at a,
4: um, a guitar show in America a couple of years ago, and Jim was there finding stuff, and I wish I'd gone up and said hello to him, but, but I didn't, and then of course the opportunity never came again.
1: Oh.
4: But uh, yes, that, yeah, what
1: a great man. Yeah, and, and just got every, well Well, of course the the Kinks, which is obviously who invented the sound. Um,
4: Let's they... that. I've I disagree with that. Just because they had a knackered speaker cone doesn't
1: mean they invented metal. No, but Jim Marshall did by did develop them a cab, didn't he? He developed them as uh, an amp to, to recreate that sound. Still I
4: still don't think that
1: counts as we invented heavy metal. Oh no, I, I, no. All I'm saying is they, they, they are part of the. They're part of the. Um, uh, the the DNA they're they're part of. I I think a number of things came together to create heavy metal, and I'm certainly right. not letting fucking uh, Lemmy go get it. Afraid.
4: I'm sorry, you're quite wrong.
1: Oh really? Okay, come on then.
4: Metal started with Black Sabbath.
1: Yeah right. Okay. So
4: then, yeah, that's where it started. Now I'm still I
1: still think the Kinks played a part in the sound as as no, well. They played as... a
4: part in the development of rock. I'll give you that, but, uh, metal is more than just a distorted guitar. I couldn't agree more i'm'm not, I'm
1: not you know, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but I still think the kinks were part of that sound. You really got me has got you know it got me yeah, great
4: song with uh anyway. anyway, you're quite wrong, Kyle.
1: <laughs> they were from um uh, well they they were over in West London. I think they were based in Acton, as were the who. There you go.
4: Um,
1: and that is how um, Jim hooked up with them, was just the fact it purely just because they were local.
4: And it all
1: and it led all the way to acid rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's where that's where it really ended up. Yeah. Did
4: you do a cover of hanging on the
1: telephone? Uh, we did indeed, yeah. I really
4: enjoyed that. I thought
1: it was great. Oh, thank you very much. Feel Did free to... Did you
4: also sing You Never Know When The
1: Nibbles Will strike. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, this, this, sum, this sums up... I remember up. that really absolutely really
4: brilliant. This, um,
1: this sums up my band's fucking um, <laughs> uh, history perfectly, doesn't it? The only two <laughs> songs you remember are a joke it song ended, and yeah. a cover version. <laughs> I
2: thought
4: that was brilliant.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, I, yeah, well, it, um, hopefully it proved to you at an early age that... um...
4: Well, uh, <laughs> Was that um, from a KP nuts advert or something?
1: What yes, was it one? was. Yeah, it was. You'll was never they know when. did you do any
4: shit about that.
1: No, never. I mean, um, we didn't. We didn't. All, we also. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, fuck it. Who cares? I, I don't care if the world knows. The um, On motherly love, um, yeah. which is like the song on um, uh, about Psycho on on yeah. The intro is actually from Psycho too, um, but oh, yeah. but who cares? But we never we never got permission for that um and music and and music for nations couldn't be bothered getting permission either and our solicitor actually suggested look whatever you do write into the contract that that it's the that you know they're putting it out and that there's there's a clip that they need to get permission for and all of this and we had it written into the contract because he was bricking it because he thought like you know the big studios are going to come after us and go like what the fuck Mm -hmm. are you doing um, but that to, never th- happened? to this day, unless there's any, like, Sony executives listening, um, to this day, no, no, we've never had a single fucking letter, a, a query, okay. nothing. We got a letter from a band in Canada called Acid Rain, who had a problem with us being called Acid Rain. were well,
4: they um, felt the same way as yours, your band.
1: Uh, It was, yeah, exactly the same way. Um, What
4: was the outcome of that?
1: Well, they never took it any further. They didn't have a label. All they did was write to the label and say, we've got a problem with this. Um, We ran it past a lawyer and he said, well, A, you've got a record label, and B, um, you've got evidence that you've had that name since 85. Um, And they've only, you know, they say that they've had it since, like, Eighty six. So yeah. you're before them, and you're you know you're effectively making a living from it. So yeah. them tr- them trying to stop you, um, you know, earning a living or affecting your living is it, yeah. There's no court in the world that's going to say uh, they get to keep Great going. Great name for
4: a band, by the way. I always uh, always thought it was a nice
1: pun. Well, thank you very much. It was actually uh, yeah. It was about our nineteenth name in about eighteen weeks. Um,
4: can, I a, can I ask you a question about UK thrash?
1: Uh, you, you certainly can, seeing as how the, you, you, seem to have, you seem to have slipped quite easily back into the role of interviewer.
4: Yeah, that's right. Um, I always thought it was a piss-weak sort of um, version of American Thrash, except you, your band had some good songs, uh, Sabbath and Onslaught had some good songs, and then there was this sort of pile of tosh. We don't have to name any bands, but there was an awful lot of, of British thrash bands that were just an embarrassment compared to the big four. Compared to the
1: Bay Area, large did that did that was that apparent at the time? Um, to me, absolutely. Uh um,
4: did, did all the bands concern over here say yeah we 're going to be the next swear.
1: um no, I think all of us were all of us were realistic, all of us were realistic, and to be honest, we were all I, look i can 't speak for everybody else, so I can just speak for my but what all I can say is I was just um sort of consumed with what i what we were doing and where we were going and what we wanted to do and <laughs> and and, and and at that age as well you you know you're not thinking of building a career and five and ten ten albums in you're thinking of yeah, yeah. you know the the next the next rehearsal, the next song the next gig mm-hmm. um and it just basically we just enjoyed it we just fucking went for it, and then all of a sudden you know the the it, it just started running out of steam but mm-hmm. i'll be but i'll be completely honest i mean i i was a thrash fan. You know, before I was in a band, I was a thrash fan during, after, I always have been, and, and uh, I, you know, you can't fool your ears. You can't say that you're listening to something that is being played by UK musicians, and it's easily as good as something that is being played by the Bay Area musicians, when it's quite clearly fucking not. I tell you what,
4: I always thought that if you lot had had, not you in particular, but the, the first wave of British thrash bands had had access to the production team that, that made the American stuff so good, that would have really helped. So I'm a big fan of Evil, for example, and one of the reasons they're so good is that they sound so fucking amazing. I mean, the, the, the production is ace, and you guys didn't really have access to that stuff, or am I wrong? Joel, uh, do you know what I'm
1: going to do? When this interview finishes, I'm going to send you across our new tune. Okay, good. And yeah. you'll be able to answer that question yourself. <laughs>
4: It's become readily apparent,
1: okay. It's is it is. fucking heavy. Um is it and, heavy as heavy
4: Angel of
1: Death. Um well, is anything. You know, it's um. it's <laughs> it, it it's it's as heavy as the um nineteen ninety two recession. Um it, it, it's um now it, uh, i look, I I I do agree. I think um we is new song better
4: than Master of
1: Puppets and Hello Eight mixed together. Um uh, yes. Sorry, for a minute, for a minute there, I was thinking that um, this it was it better
4: than the gathering by
1: testament. Um, I, I actually, I, I will do the I will do the standard kind of um, I'll do the standard sort of shit that you get from every band these days. Um, <laughs> it's some of the best shit we've ever written. We thought we'd go back to our roots. There was a real magic in the air when we were writing this shit. The producer, wait, wait, wait. Um,
4: l- if we, we do it for ourselves. If anyone else likes it, it's a bonus.
1: Uh, well, yeah, and then no, I think no, I think more sort of these days it tends to be like when people are going to hear this, they are going to freak, slash, lose their minds, slash, they won't know what's hit them, um, I can't fucking wait to get this motherfucker out there and for people to hear it and get on the road, it's going to be awesome, man. <laughs> the word motherfucker doesn't
4: sound that good in English, does it? English, no.
1: I- <laughs> it, it it doesn't. I've I've pri- I've pri- pride myself on my um on my delivery of the um uh, 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 uh of the uh yes of the word motherfucker. But there's just <laughs> something about it. it uh, funnily enough, I, I remember I was interviewing um I speaking to Chad again of, of of Hell yeah, and um and I'd said something and I'd said mother and he said motherfucker and I just thought yeah I'm not going to say that in this interview because that yeah because there's this guy with the fucking cool as fuck. Gravelly voice going, motherfucker, and then there's this guy across the table from him going,
4: "Oh, all right, Chad. <laughs> Do you like it?
1: hell, yeah, then." Um, I, I've got to be. I've got to be honest. Um, not so much. <laughs> not so much at first. But but that, <laughs> like that. But the last album, Band of Brothers, which is where I was, which is what I was talking to him about. Um, yeah, I, I've got a lot of time for that album because, and they're they've all kind of admitted it. You know, they're back they're back doing what they're all good at. They spent sort of two or three albums wandering around doing stuff that they weren't able to do in their previous bands and then they all just went, yeah, let's get back to what pays the fucking bills. And, uh, you know, it sounds a lot more like that. Why are you not a fan? Uh,
4: Not so much that I dislike them. I don't have a strong opinion, really. I mean, I've heard the stuff. Yeah. Um, Oh, I don't know, really. I mean, I you know, I admire any Paul. Um, I don't really have any affection for any of the other bands that any of the rest of them were in. Um, you know, I, I was slightly too old for Pantera, and I'm sure you were too. But um, no, but, so I, I do, no. I mean, I admire you
1: know some of the stuff. No, no, no. I was no, I was in there, mate. Big fan. Mm. I was big. I mean, there. I'm
4: not knocking it. The first, you know, there's there's some great songs on every album, but that, that's Pantera, not Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, the kind of sudden, the sort of
1: sudden thing that they do kind of nauseates me slightly, but there you yeah. go. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I the thing with um, Pantera for me is it's, um, it, it, it's all about vulgar display of power and Far Beyond Driven. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I saw them on the Far Beyond Driven tour. And have you, have you had this experience? You know what it's like when you go and see, you like a band, then you go and see them live, and they're not mm-hmm. very good. And you go back to the album, but the album's lost its luster now
4: yeah because you that, saw man. them
1: do you know what i mean it just I mean, it, you
4: try writing someone's autobiography and then going back and listening to the music
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's the ultimate behind the curtains moment. It's not
4: much that you don't enjoy stuff anymore it's just you spend hours talking about it so a lot of the mystery is lost yeah um and you know that that's essentially that's what happens was going get to know people very very well and you know the secrets behind it and it loses sheen, you know and they tell you what the mistakes were in the in the vocals and in the in the guitar line. And you hear those things,
1: and it's kind of spoiled for you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, it's it's well, I I I kind of had that experience with Pantera on the Far Beyond Driven tour. I had that whole kind of like I went to see them, and it just felt really forced, and it felt it. Well, it felt false. Um, on which tour? Uh, Far Beyond Driven tour. Um, why did it
4: feel why
1: Why didn't it feel right? And that was when they were at their peak. Well. um, it, the, the whole thing it, it just I don't know well for a start basically front of house um, did you shout
4: from the back why aren't you doing a cover of Blondie's hanging
1: on the telephone yeah well that uh, that was actually um, uh, oh, that was by the nerves hanging on the telephone Blondie covered it as well
4: no no no. it was originally written by Blondie no, I no. and I have to keep I, sa- I have to keep I saying that
1: about it. I, I keep having to say that in interviews otherwise the guy who wrote it gets, <laughs> gets on my fucking case <laughs> Uh, And quite rightly as well, because he's fucking sick of it. But um, uh, now, so uh, the front of house sound was basically, it was all, it was basically, I mean, I'd say that Pantera started the, um, well, what's wrong with heavy metal production? It, It was all started. You know, by Pantera and by Fear Factory. Fear Factory. I mean,
4: if only they'd listened to Acid Rain a bit, they would have known how
1: to produce an album. Well, they they, they would have known how to produce a shitty album, um, but they certainly would have known what live sounded like. And and when I went to see uh, Pantera on the Far Beyond Driven song Pantera. I mean, they
4: only sold fifty million albums. Where
1: did they go wrong? Hey, it, it just sound it sounded like, yeah. Well, you know, and how much money is that? You know, is that money any use to dime now? Is it fuck?
4: Oh, that's that's um. That was gratuitous and harsh. No, it's I not answered, gratuitous. That, that, that's not, gratu- now, that's
1: right? not gratuitous. That's stating a fact. And yeah. the simple fact is, they sold fifty million, but he can't spend it. Well, the point I'm making is, life is more. It, 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 life is more than just selling a lot of records or having a lot of money. It's, well, yeah, You know, just ask anyway, Tom, just ask Tom Cruise. I got <laughs> I got to interview Dylan back about six well six months to the
4: death before he was killed. And uh, I liked him a lot. I thought he was a nice chap.
1: Yeah. And where did, did that appear in a book?
4: It was in a magazine. It was for Total Guitar. Ah, right. Uh, what had happened was that in uh, the summer of 2004, Dimebag had been invited to that year's Metal Hammer Awards, and he had appeared in an incredibly intoxicated state and thrown his award into the crowd, and um, he had been uh, obliged to write a letter of apology to Hammer, which, which he did, and they published um and i interviewed him the next day for total guitar and i've never seen a man more hungover. it literally looked like he was gonna die and um but he still gave me a great interview and i had one of his guitars there which, which had been smashed up because he smashed it out when he was pissed and he was kind of laughing about it but uh, i thoroughly enjoyed my time with him and uh my last memory of that chat is him reaching out his fist and we did a fist bump and he did a big smile and he walked off and uh i, I really liked him i was i was utterly gutted when when uh, when he was killed six months
1: later it was one of one of the worst things ever to happen in heavy metal i think yeah without a doubt and I, but but did of all the stories i hear about diamond everything do does, does he strike you as somebody who um who wanted to get old i mean you know he'll be eternally young now
4: mm, i don't know if i can answer that question but yes he will be um i oh, don't know it's just an awful tragedy there's nothing good about that but, no. Uh, anyway. Anyway. There you go. So well.
1: Um, uh, you strike me as somebody who, as you, you know, new metal is not your thing. But uh, any temptation to work with Slipknot at all?
4: Oh yeah, I would. I, I mean, in fact, I wrote. You say I'm not a new metal guy, and I'm really not. But I wrote for my sins, a new metal encyclopedia. He yes, did you
2: that. did.
1: Sorry, you did. Go- I wish I'd given you grief about that earlier. That's all
4: right. No, no, you're welcome to do it now. And <laughs> then I also wrote a book about Slipknot, which was reprinted three times because it's held really
1: well. Um, <laughs> Slipknot. Slipknot, I have no, no problem with at all. I'm a big fan. Th- th- this, this, is, is it, this, is, this is great, isn't it? I'm, I am just so good at my research. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> ever thought, of, ever thought of working with Slipknot? Yes, I've uh, put a book no, out have, that's but good. But I have
4: worked with them, as such. I just wrote right. a book about them. Uh, years and years ago it came out I think 2001 or you know some fucking ancient, ancient era and, and, um, and uh, it was reprinted uh, three, three, at least three times in the, in the interim we've interviewed the majority of them for various magazines um, no I really like their music I saw them actually uh, a few months ago at Wembley with Corn. Um, yeah and I I really really enjoyed it I hadn't actually expected to enjoy it that much but I really really did because they were on fire um, yeah
1: I, I, know, I really I, I really I, I, wanted I, to be there I, I, what was that? I really wanted to be there as well. I saw um, Slipknot's first ever UK show at the yeah. Astoria in 99.
4: Well, um, you know, I was talking about this show I just saw the Corn. Corey Taylor, you know, the singer from Slipknot?
2: Yeah.
4: He said on stage, we didn't want Corn here tonight. We actually wanted Acid Rain. Yeah, But the, singer, but the singer wouldn't pick up
1: his phone. Yeah, well, it's funny you should say that because um, uh, ex-drummer of Slipknot, Joey Jordanson, is actually a fan.
4: A acid Rain? Yeah. I'd like proof of
1: that, dude. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I, you need to speak to a friend of mine who, um, uh, who met him. Yeah, hey, we go, here
4: we go, a friend
2: of
1: yours. Hey, 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 it's just, it's a story <laughs> one, it's only <laughs> one person removed, you fucker, don't, don't stick! don't take, don't steal my Slipknot dream from me, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> they were great, you know,
4: I was really impressed with them. So yeah, I I, I totally would do something with one of Slipknot, you know, it's nice to do... Um, a book with Nick Thompson or something like that. But, you know, The Clown is a perfectly good writer. Corey's a perfectly good writer. I'm sure they'll write their own stuff when, when the time comes.
1: Oh, that, I mean, uh, that, but you're like me. Yeah? They're absolutely, totally, no way fucking new metal.
4: Uh, well, the first album had a lot of sort of production done to it that was sort of new metal e, And a couple of the singles that came out had um, remixes, which was very much sort of that wiki-wack hip-hop yeah. stuff. Absolutely. In the charts at the time. Yeah. Uh, over and over down to 30 we'll realise, you know, and understand. But uh, then the second album got rid of all that and that, that was it. From then on, they were just a sort of fairly pummeling kind of band with a few uh, melodic choruses that people sing along to.
1: Yeah, melodic choruses um, and some fucking punishing riffs. I mean, they, they, they kind of... I really.
4: No, they... Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry, interrupted. Sorry. They um, uh, strike me now as one of the sort of five or six bands who are keeping giant festivals like Download going. I mean, if yeah. you think about the band's Actually, I take that back because there was Muse uh, the other day at, at, at Download who did incredibly well. But uh, most of the big fest tend to be propped up by either Metallica, Iron Maiden, Slipknot, Rammstein. Um, who am I missing? Foo
1: Fighters. Uh,
4: the Foo. Well, I mean, I was thinking more, more of metal strictly. Um,
1: yeah, but let's face I, it. it uh, yeah, but Amuse a Metal? Foos no, are no, as metal as. No, me? no,
4: I wasn't uh, thinking of them as a Metal Man at all. Good. Um, but. Um, they Nonetheless, they went down well in, in that uh, environment because their production is, is what it is and their music is what it is. It's quite driving, quite heavy yeah. and, and entertaining. But uh, yeah, there are these kind of tentpole bands, aren't there, that sort of hold festivals up and I think Slipknot has become one of them and, in, and against all the odds really because the music was not that palatable and not that commercial. Um, yeah, so yeah, all
1: all, all, uh, all credits, let off Well, now I, I saw uh, Corey Taylor's been um, uh, doing some interviews recently, which I which I thought was very interesting, and he's he's um, he's been hitting a lot. Uh, he's been touching a lot on the fact that look, everybody needs to realise we were as surprised as anybody yeah. that, that this took off. It's like, why would you think nine guys in boiler suits hitting sh- sh- shit would, would be the yeah. next big thing?
4: Yeah. Well, you know, the combination of Ross Robinson and Roadrunner was huge in 1999-2000. Those were the go-to, uh, the, the go-to producer and the go-to label. So that, the, the sort of the stars aligned in a sense. But Yeah. And they did, they did like, you know, I mean, a lot of the songs are quite catchy. Um, so they did have that in their favour. It's not like, I don't know, it's not like obituary or something where there's no kind of hooks. Yeah. Um, the stuff is designed to sound good in the stadium. So they have some fairly clever songwriting going on there underneath the kind of grim image and the heavy riff. So, um, yeah, no, good band. Um, what you what you said there, what you said earlier
1: about... About you
2: being
1: a No, no, if, if music moves you, um, yeah. and you're trying to explain why you like the music you like and you can't, um, I, I, I know that's, a, it, it, that's a very kind of nebulous and, and very difficult to ba- base a project on, but... It was
4: very clever, wasn't it? What
1: but what I was going to say was, is there a way of... Ta- is Is there a book there? Is there a way of basically... Kind of, I don't know, interviewing everybody from musicians to fans, and just trying to kind of distill down whatever you know, like you know, you know, it moves us,
4: how
1: how it moves other people. Um, I I, I don't know. That strikes me as a large magazine article, something like in Q
4: magazine or something like that, where you would say, look, what is it? What the hell is it about music that that makes people react? Uh, and you would you would you know poll sort of fifty different people in the music industry and say well this is what we think is right. the instinctive sort of gut reaction to good songs. I don't know if there's an entire book to be written about that because you know thousand no, I... words on that subject would get a bit repetitive.
1: No, I, I, I really I really like what you've done there. I really like what you have done there because what you've done there is what is, is is what I do when people say to me, oh I've had this idea. I reckon that would make a great that would make a great. Uh, comedy movie wouldn't it that'd be a great idea for a for a comedy film and you and you end up saying actually it's a sketch do you (laughs) mean it's not an hour and a half it's Two and a half minutes, and and <laughs> and you did exactly that that to me there. Oh, no,
4: it's, no, but quite moment, rightly, it's, it's a good idea, but it's, it's uh, impractical to extend into a sort of ten-hour reading
1: experience. Yeah, no, I'm that I'm I'm sense. absolutely yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right to um to point out the shitness oh, of you. my concept.
4: It wasn't shitness; it just <laughs> needed a little bit needed a little bit
1: of compression. I, I tell you what, mate. Um, uh, you feel free to do this um, to do this book of mine that you want me to do, but um, I reckon it's yeah. only going to be about three chapters. Yeah, as you say, it'll be you
4: know about a page on Wikipedia. it's <laughs> Is it really the best yet to come for Acid Rain? Do you think?
1: Um, uh, in the current climate, given the way the music business is, it, I f- is, it is quite warm. I fucking seriously doubt it. Um, <laughs> I I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know uh, until we we'll get in out. Would
4: sell a few copies.
1: Well, yeah, maybe not. I mean, I, I, people have got to hear the new track. They've got to see the new lineup. Um, I'm I'm excited. I think we've got a fucking awesome lineup. I think we've got some great fucking songs in the uh, in the bank already. Um, I heard
4: that new track of yours, and it's better than the whole of Power Slave put together.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that. Well, y- thanks for saying that, despite the fact that there is evidence earlier on that you haven't heard it yet. The only thing that's
4: better than that is uh, Into the Church: the Apocalypse of the Apocalyptic Lawmare by
1: Loma Deft. Right, you're fucking off. This interview is over.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, My mate of mine had that actual demo, whatever it was called, the Loma Modest demo. He's had that and you think to be sick on it. <clears throat> And he got it from the back of Crank for about two quid in about 1984. And uh, I actually quite liked her. I thought it was amazing. I was gutted when they became a proper band. and got record deals and all
1: that. Oh, yeah. No, that was gutting, wasn't it? When Kev joined and they started being all proper.
4: Is that Kev, your mate, who's in Acid Rain?
1: Uh, who was in Acid Rain, yeah. Oh,
4: yeah. No, he's, he's, got, he's got a life
1: no he's um he's uh, actually he's he's kind of back in the band but not really um cookie um one of our guitarists is one of kev's best mates and kev was really keen to get him in the band. Um, I mean, the way Kev is now is he'd probably rather crew for us than be in the band, but um, he's he's doing up his old guitar and giving it cookie to play in the band. And he'll get up and play the odd tune here and there. But um, I mean, he's he's got, a you know, a, an open invitation. But he's he's actually kind of like, you know, he's he's in the background of the band. Um, and um, yeah, it's um, uh, it, it's it's cool to have his. Uh, to have his input as well and um you know he's um he's heard the new stuff and he's he's really pleased that the direction we're going so you know i think that's that that's that'll do as far as um yeah as, as when it when it comes to like you know validation of this reboot as i've called it then kev saying it's cool is that that'll do for me there you go yeah exactly so look um it's been uh, it's been nearly an hour, mate. Let's um, let's knock it on the head and talk about the interesting stuff. <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll get this song across to you as well. Oh yeah, the song that's better than um, the
4: whole of "Practice What You Preach" by
1: Testament. Yeah, that's the one. You keep it right up, over. mate. Right <laughs>
4: over.
1: Right. Okay. Let's let's end this now before either of us says something we're going to regret. Ugly. Ugly. Yeah. Well, right. well, thank
4: you very much, Graham, on your podcast. I really I,
1: appreciate it. It's that. always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. So there you go. That was my um, that was my chat with Joel, um, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, now, notice at the beginning there, um, the quality wasn't great, and I bet you're all thinking, "Oh fucking hell, Howard, sort it out for fuck's sake! It's Skype. It's in your house. How can this?" And, and what did we find out? Yeah, Joel needed to just get the mic a little bit closer to his mouth. And, yeah, it wasn't my fault, is basically what I'm getting at here. Um, and, um, I, which is a bit cruel, just like, you know, dumping it all in Joel's lap. But, um, uh, yeah, what a, what a top guy. Now, uh, I, to be honest with you, I, I've got to say this, right? If you listened to that and thought, oh, you know, these guys obviously know each other. No. Never spoken to him before in my life, and I've, funnily enough, haven't spoken
2: to him since
1: either. Um, but um, uh, what a lovely guy! We just hit it off, we just hit it off. Um, the key being taking a piss out of each other, obviously, that always helps. Um, and um, yeah, it, it was just um, uh, sorry, I should have had some water while I was doing that, but um. Mm. Oh, nice. Fish and chip burp. Mm, Nothing like it. I had fish, chips and mushy peas before I did this podcast because I've been down the gym like a fucking metal hero. Yeah, because the truth is uh, I need to get fucking fit. And I don't mean fit. I mean, fitter than I am. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm not bad, but, um, you know, I do like my weed and and all of that. And I've got to fucking cut that shit down because October's coming. Yeah, the tour's called Winter's Coming. October's coming and I you know I kind of realized look I need to be at the absolute top of my game. So I want you all to know out there that I am I'm fucking working really hard on this and I'm going to have to otherwise I'll I'll be a big disappointment. I'll be a fucking absolute wreck. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really putting in, putting in the hours and, um, and I want to cut back on, um, well, any kind of smoking whatsoever. So, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll keep you, um, I'll keep you informed of my, um, of my, uh, my metal progress. It can be, you just imagine sort of rocky, something like that. Yeah. That's, that's not what it's like. Um, but yeah, it's more like, you know, working out cardio in the gym and seeing, you know, sort of 25-year-old girls come in and run for like an hour and a half and not even break sweat. And I look like I've fucking run through a fucking shower after 10 minutes. But um, but anyway, um, yeah, just to recap, Joel, uh, top man. Um, sorry again that we did um, we did sort of have a little bit of a conversation that, that we then sort of uh, <laughs> alluded to and then had, had more off-air chat. But as I've always said, and this is a solemn promise, I absolutely promise, guys, if any of you come up to me... And say, look, uh, you know, um, what, what, you know, tell us some of these things that you couldn't say. Not a problem. I will I will tell you as much as I can remember, which, as you know, is probably not going to be much. But um, no, I will. I'll tell you. I'll I'll tell you. I promise. Anyway, um, really lovely guy. Top blow. I I thought that was really interesting. And also, again, a different slant um, because, um, yes, you know, Joel has done stuff in the past, which, you know, sort of, you know, metal books on metal and bands and stuff like that. Um, like the other writers have, but he's he's got more um, autobiographical experience, and I and that's what I, I kind of wanted to to find out about. And yes, if you're thinking you should get that other guy on, that Ferris guy who did the other Slayer books, yeah, way ahead of you there. Um, and uh, and I will try and make that happen. Um, and and I was re-listening to the podcast at some point, and I am going to put my hand up now and say yes. What a boring twat. I only have so many stories. I am sick to fucking death of hearing me tell the I bought the first Suicidal Tendencies album because because I saw T-shirts and baseball caps and the ACDC Back in Black is the second biggest selling uh, album of all time. I am sick to death of hearing those fucking stories. So, oh, well, it's, you know, it's not even a story, is it? I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm sick to death of hearing that shit. And I just want you to know... I am aware of it, yeah, I am aware of it. And if I'm sick to death of hearing that shit, then boy, you have got to be sick to death of hearing that shit. So I, I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, I'm aware of it. Um, I will try and put uh, put a lid on it. I'm really going to really make sure I do not tell those stories again. Um, so what else has um, has Harold been up to? Um, uh, well, obviously, the all the acid rain stuff is just going mental. That's great. But um, I also managed to squeeze in um a, a, a visit to um uh basingstoke um uh, a place uh, a gig out there uh to see suzanne vega now um you might think really no honestly she's just an absolute she is one of my absolute heroes um and she's credited uh i think you'll find she's credited as um um on the fear which is the acid rain second album. She's credited on there as, a, as an influence or something like that. And I remember doing an interview with sounds, um, it was sounds around to me back in the day. Um, and they were saying, oh, what sort of influences? And I said, Suzanne Vega. And he was like, yeah, dream on. And I was like, what it's fucking? Because this is what journalists used to be like, right? Um, and he was like, there's no way I've heard your music and there's no way Suzanne Vega is an influence. And I said, really? Really? Is, is, is that what you're saying? So in the song Blind Aggression, there is a line that says, um, the crust of the meaning. That is a Suzanne Vega lyric. I directly lifted that phrase because I just loved that phrase, the crust of the meaning. It's just creates something in my mind that was just, yeah, well, you know, I don't need to explain it. It's just... Kind of weird, anyway. I, and, and, I, and I took that little phrase out. If that is not being influenced by an artist, I don't know what the fuck is. I wasn't quite as bold, um, uh, and I wasn't taking the journalist to task. But he sort of put his hands up and went, "Oh right, okay, fair enough." So that's how long I've been listening to her stuff. Her first two albums for me are amazing; um, they're absolutely brilliant. Um, and then the next album, I think it's the third album, was well, Days in Open Hand," not so brilliant. Uh, I saw her on that tour up in Newcastle um, and I actually got the Days of Open Hand CD while I was doing an in-store with Acid Rain on the Obnoxious Tour in Liverpool. And they were like, oh, you know, would you, you know, they used to let you have a CD once you finished doing the, um, uh, once you finished doing the, um, uh, the, the signing session. How fucking generous. And, uh, and I, I picked up the Suzanne Vega one, um, much to the amazement of everybody working in the shop. And, um. And then, and I think it's a fourth album, it's called 99.9 Degrees Fahrenheit. Absolute fucking, what an album. It's brilliant. It's, Suzanne Vega goes industrial. Now, okay, I know, I know what that sounds like. Seriously, go and have a listen. Go and and look it up on YouTube. Go on, on, you know, on Shittify, Cuntify, those fucking Nazis at Spotify. Go and use that software, because you're a cunt, yeah? Go and use that. And look for Suzanne. Hopefully, she's not on there. Yeah, um, but um, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's a great album. It's a, honestly, it really is a great album. There's all sorts of bits and pieces on it, but there's some. There is just virtually industrial tunes. On. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not particularly heavy, but they're just they're different. They're interesting. They're catchy. It's really something to listen to. It really is. Um, and so I picked up a new album recently, and I saw she was playing in them. Um, uh, in Basingstoke and I went along and it was just fucking brilliant Um and I won't lie to you uh, I was holding back the tears a, l- a lot of the time Um her music hits me where I live just hits me where I live Um those first two albums was a very big time in my life Um it was just 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 prior to and at the beginning of acid rain it brings back a lot of memories not all good um uh well obviously hence the holding back the tears. Is there's a lot of stuff that you don't need to know, but um just a very involved time in my life and um and it was I tell you, when I came out of that gig, I was knackered. It was it, it was really it was just draining, but it was awesome. It was awesome. And she comes out to do an encore and she goes, Oh, um, what does anyone want to hear? And someone goes, well, and she and someone goes, Oh, ninety nine point nine degrees Fahrenheit. Oh no, no, it's uh Blood Makes Noise, which is the first track on that, which is fucking awesome. Blood Makes Noise, she goes, Yeah, yeah, I think we did. we haven't done that for a while. We? do you wanna do Blood? Yeah, okay. I just did it. And the whole band, no, just one guy with a guitar and se- and and just lots of um effects and stuff. And he was fucking amazing. It was just a it was just a brilliant, brilliant night. I absolutely loved it and she was just awesome. And um and she had a merch stall, no shirts, 'cause which is a shame. I would have bought a Susan Vega shirt, definitely. But um, uh, you know, it's always good. It's always good to have those shirts that freak people out. You know, yeah, great to have like DRI and Slayer shirts and all sorts of shit like that. But it's also very cool to have like a Suzanne Vega shirt, if you may. Um, and um, I, do you know what? I didn't hang around and meet her afterwards. I didn't hang around and because i i didn't I didn't know what to say. And I know you're going to be listening to this, thinking, "You, you gobshite, Howard talking bollocks, Smith." Not know what to say. Surely not. No, honestly, I I genuinely didn't. I didn't have a clue. I I and and I just thought that. Do you know what? I I don't need to meet her. I don't I don't need to. I just want to keep our relationship as it is, which is I go and see her live about once every 20 years. (laughs) Um, But it was just really cool. It was I really enjoyed it. And I just wanted to tell you about it. And um, and seriously, check out um, uh, 99.9 degrees Fahrenheit because it it, it is. It's a great album. Um, So that was cool. Um, Heads up. uh, A very cool podcast is Snyder Comments. Yes, it's hosted by D. Snyder, hence the name. Um, it's on podcast one, and it's Snyder Comments, S N I D E R, which is Snyder, his surname. Snyder Comments. Um, it's great. I mean, when you hear it, you'll see why I like it. I mean, I've always been a Twisted Sister fan. I thought, you know, one of the best gigs I've ever been to was Twisted Sister. Um, D. Snyder was a fucking awesome frontman. Um, not exactly over the moon with his autobiographies. A, he's a, I mean, if you think I've got a big ego. <laughs> oh, check that shit at the door. You ain't heard D yet, Um yeah. But but I love that. I love that. It's just he's he just he's totally unapologetic. He knows who he is. He's self-critical. He's self-aware um, everything I'm not, basically, <laughs> but, um, he's, got, I mean, you know, if you think some of this shit that I talk about, and some of the stories I tell are interesting, po he's another level, now, hang on a second, I'm not saying that you don't get this podcast anymore, don't be fucking deserting me, yeah, don't be going over there and going, oh yeah, I don't fucking need that talking bollocks anymore, no, 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 just add D to the listening, um, and funnily enough, um, I mentioned this because I saw a tweet that he'd sent saying anybody want me to talk about stuff on the on this week's podcast. And I tweeted him and said, yeah, I'd like you to tweet about Taylor Swift um, basically saying to Apple about Apple Music. Don't be cunts and not pay the artists. Pay us properly. Pay us the going rate. And, And Apple caved and did it. Which was fucking awesome, so I, and, and there's a lot of shit about, I know Taylor Swift comes from money, and uh, so, she yeah, she's not exactly starving to start with, but but the point is, she could have said nothing, she could have been quiet, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, she doesn't need, she doesn't need to put herself in, the, in harm's way, she, she doesn't need to have that fight, but she fucking did. And no jazz, no blues, no rock, no metal, no hip hop, no hip hop, hip hop, no rap. That's yeah, hip hop. That's a mixture of hip hop and rap. Um, none of those genres. There's nobody out there going no, um, you know, having a go at Apple. No, except uh, she just said no. Fuck you. This is wrong. And I and I thought that was really I thought that was really cool. And it stands on its own. Um, and, and 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 you know, let's let's just remember as well. You have got Jay Z and Madonna and all that lot who've put that fucking streaming service together stood up at their press conference like the Avengers going, oh, yeah, this is a new, this is the next thing. And all right. And it's like, oh, this is about artists owning their art and blah, blah. Yeah. yeah OK. OK. But, you, you know, you, you, you're you basically not making things any better than for these 15 artists up here who are all fucking massive. Um, but anyway, look, hey, long term, that might be you know, end up being brilliant, but, um, i got to be honest, I was putting the, I was putting the, um, the Acid Rain, um, uh, upload, just mention Acid Rain again, why not, because, uh, I always do, um, and, uh, I was, I was uploading it for the digital stores, and, do you know what, I, I was just hovering over, uh, over Spotify, like, do I, don't I, do I, don't I, because they are cunts, and just so you know, right, out there, guys, this is how Spotify works, Spotify, Spotify is a piece of, um, software, now, you can pay, to, to have a um, as much music as you like without any adverts on it um, and you can pay a subscription and have that and you know and that that's that's your thing right or you can use it free and then adverts appear in between occasional songs and stuff like that right the royalties and it's always streaming the royalties that they pay artists are fucking outrageous they are so small it is unfucking true. I mean, it's less than... It's less than, in the UK, a penny. It's in the US, less than a cent per uh, listen. I mean, it's just... It's fucking worthless. Meanwhile, where do you think all the money is going from people's subscriptions and from the advertisers? That's right. It's going into Spotify's fucking bank account. So Spotify are basically making all the money now. That that's, that's that, They're making all the money. So that's great. So when you use Spotify... That's who you're contributing to. That's who you're giving your money to. That's who's... Yeah, it's Spotify and their investors. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. Well done. Are you supporting the band? Not really. No. No. You might be being aware of their new material. And so you might go and see them live. But don't ever fool yourself into thinking that you are actually doing the artist a favour in any kind of way. In any kind of way. Because Spotify are the ones making the money there. No one else. I'd like to see... Um, I'd like to see a kind of, um, uh, model like Netflix have Netflix need content, right? They need programs. They need film Netflix have started. I mean, you, you look at the, look at the exclusive series and exclusive movies they have on Netflix, house of cards, things like that. And they're paying, they're paying these people big money. So they've got exclusive stuff. So people pay a subscription to that service. And what's wrong with it? I would love it. If fucking Spotify and Apple and people like that started saying, "Well, I'd say what well, you know, look, we, yeah, we'll we'll pay you, you know, x thousand dollars or fucking million dollars if you're a big artist or whatever to do an to do an album um, with us, and it's exclusively um, available, you know, either on Apple, either with Apple and iTunes or exclusively available, and 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 that's the way we move forward. That'd be fairly cool, as long as it's not you two, and as long as you don't fucking force it down my fucking throat, bastards. But You know, I'm just saying maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But it it would be nice to know, wouldn't it? It would be nice. So anyway, um, that's enough of me rabbiting again. Um, Let's get some serious. uh, Let's get some serious thrash talked about. Um, For those of you who um, listened to the thrash special special at the end of last year, um, I, I interviewed my good and old friend, Mr. Steve Sousa. And uh, Steve Zetro-Souza. And um, uh, the interview just... My laptop crashed uh, and completely just shit the bed, and that was the end of it. Um, And that was the end of the interview. Um, So here's me and Zet meeting up on the Exodus tour bus uh, around the back of the underworld, um, catching up from that very point forward. So, uh, yeah, this is me and Zet uh, talking uh, a few weeks ago. (laughs)
3: So um well first of all apologies for um the last time we Yeah, spoke. The Skype just died. You know what? They don't have a they haven't really perfected it yet. They got a great idea with it, you know what I mean? Right well, you,
1: you know what? It wasn't actually um it wasn't actually Skype's fault. It was entirely my fault. My my laptop shit the bed. Oh, really? I just blue screen. Just like you're fucked. Um so so when it when we were talking it just goes <laughs> stops. I know. I was sat at home just going, "Oh my god!" No, I've since replaced the laptop. But um, so yeah, it wasn't so much Skype. It was me fucking up. It's awesome to see you, man. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's amazing that we've gone down this road, huh? Uh, Isn't it just yeah? (laughs) It's
3: unbelievable.
1: I know, and I'm I'm slowly dragging my band back. Are you trying to do that?
3: Well, uh, actually, it's kind of. Not, I mean, you'll get on festivals. You'll do things. People will be interested. You had a, a, a buzz yeah. in the time that we initiated this sound, when we initiated this music. I'm, and I'm so amazed. Yeah. So if you were yeah. a piece of it, even a little piece of it, there's an interest for it. You know what I mean? So, I, well, yeah. I mean, we I mean, if you were together now, we would have put you here tonight. You know, we'd yeah, love you. Yeah, we'd talk yeah. about we love the. Yeah, we would have been out ex- of Exodus in the underworld. You know what I mean? And it. How cool, right? That's, I mean. But that's how the mentality is with all the bands now. Everybody's like. We work together. I mean, Gary's a Slayer, so he's an art He's an exodus. You know what I mean? We. Yeah. We, we're all together now. Yeah, you know yeah.
1: I, mean? I, was, well, I was talking. I was talking to Gene about that as well, and he was saying it's like, you know, it, it, back in the day we were all rivals, and it's now it's just everyone's friends and wants to
3: help each other out. Right. We want to make sure when we see each other we embrace. Like we were all shooting for that Metallica spot at one time. Yeah. And as we're older now, we know what we're about. We know what it is. We know what it's done, and we're at a point now where we have just. Um, you know, it's like, ha, I see James, uh, we did him at um, um, Ra- uh, Rock in, in Munich. Right, yeah. And we played that with them, and I come down the hallway, and, and here he comes down, hey, what's up, man? I mean, and it's great, hey, let's go see, uh, let's go watch Creator. And so we all went together and watched Creator, and oh, it was great. It's like everybody's like, you know, before, I mean, maybe 15 years ago, you wouldn't get near them, you know what I mean? Now it's like okay. they're walking out with a, Everybody, you know, it's like no big deal anymore. I think the mentality has completely changed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and also, it's just being older, isn't it? You just, you know, the
3: world's not about you anymore, and, you know... You know, it's the truth, too, and God, why is it... When you're there, it's like the world is... a. Me. Wait a yeah. minute! It's all about, and then you get older, and it's so not. I mean, you know, I have such i have I have a twenty five year old son, a twenty two year old
0: son, which, which is old daughter, older, then,
3: which is older than we were in Acid Rain. Exactly. When we, uh, than when, when we played with you. I, I told you know? I told Cody, I'm like. You know, because we did this other band, Hatred, but now he's yeah, going yeah. to sing. He's going to, because I'm too busy with Exodus, so he's going to take over, play bass and sing. And so he did, he, did he
1: kick you out? He's
3: like, look, yes, Swear to God, <laughs> yeah. true story. I got the letter <laughs> and everything. <laughs> and they did it really nicely. Exodus laughs their ass off. Oh, do you know what they should have done? And, they should have they got Chuck to fire you. You know what, <laughs> what <I mean>? <laughs> Well, <laughs> now Chuck's actually going to manage him. Oh, he so, is. Yes, he is. Right, and okay, they're going to cool. look for a deal. And Yaw from Nuclear Blaster Because what I did is like, okay, you want to do this? Go take two songs from the last two records and go to the studio with Juan and sing them and let's we'll see what happened. And he nailed them. And he did really good. And they played a TRI and then they played an MOD and people were calling me, going, such a Cody's just fucking nailing it, dude. And I'm like, okay, cool. So they I came home from an American tour a couple months ago and they had all typed up what they want to achieve without Dad's shadow and then I go so this is the nice way to tell me my shit's in one corner of the room and I'd be and they're going in another direction you know what I mean is so that ba-
1: basically it was one of those moments where it was like well look thank you very much you let yeah. us use your name to get us, right, a team get now, us established now we're uh, going to go
3: get rich and you're all freaking it, yeah. fuck off yeah. you know what I mean but now so we, we
1: feel like we've outgrown you exactly
3: <laughs> well, we need to move on so oh, and everybody a- laughs their ass off when I tell my mom and because they're like jokingly so when they do fire you I'm like yeah kind of because at first I was like, well, I don't know if I'm ready kind of to relinquish it. I like playing in the two bands. But yeah. I've done 133 shows with Exodus in the last year since I've been back. Oh. It's almost impossible. And I've done yeah. like five Hatred shows in between. I've gone home for like on the two weeks and done like three shows with them. And I'm like what songs are they you know what I mean so it's yeah. actually better and it's going to work out that way and it's, it's, it's for um, the best and I, I think that can, is, it really,
1: is it really a year since
3: June 6th the world was announced that wow. I was returned and, to and you, yeah, and you didn't hear much more before that really did you, you I, I knew was... four days before that they <laughs> yeah. came to me they came to me said we want to hear what you sound like on two new songs I'm like why they're like you can't know why do you want yeah. to do it or not I'm "All right." so I went in yeah. Sang the songs. I went in... I got them at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night. Sang them at 5 o'clock the next day. Two songs I'd never heard of before in my life. They listened to them on Friday. Got a call on Saturday and they want to be banging with them in. World found out Sunday. Wow. I started recording the new album that Wednesday, the 9th. Wow. Blood and Blood Out. So yeah. it's like, you know, I... I <laughs> Blooded, zet in zet out <laughs> you know so it's kind it's like, of wow, wow it was quick it happened so fast and so yeah. I just it was like a fucking horse with blinders age I just put it on and just concentrated on, on creating the music yeah. and, and making it as good as it needed to be at the 10th level 30 years down the fucking road uh, yeah there, so there, is there was a that, lot of but... there was so many guns to the head going okay dude they're gonna, yeah. do, they're gonna be fuck this up. eyes are on your ass.
1: <laughs> oh, I can you, imagine. You've got I, yeah. no time,
3: and you better make it the best thing you've ever done. Yeah, I can really appreciate. So that, I basically, yeah. how I did it was I just crammed like a fucking college student with finals. I did nothing. I literally didn't watch. You know, you know, I'm, we're all in American sports, American baseball team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't even know where they were and the standings, or if they had won or lost <laughs> for a certain period of time. I wouldn't even turn the TV on. It was like. I would go in the studio Jack engineered it I would go in at 11 Sing till 3 Maybe one or two songs Go back home Say okay tomorrow I'm gonna do collateral damage I'm gonna do something else Yeah And then I would go home And just take those two songs And just over and over and over And sing them and sing them All night long Go to bed about 1 or 2 Get up about 8 Go to the studio at eleven and then sing those songs and then I yeah. would do the same thing until the record was done. About seventeen days later, I was pretty much had everything done with fixes and everything. I bet you
1: were. I bet you were dreaming about those songs as well and singing It was asleep. no dream.
3: It was. It was honestly. I did. I was so. I guess captivated by how what I had to do. I, I didn't take what I needed to do for granted. You yeah. Know what I mean, if that makes sense, I just couldn't do it that way I I, I, I know that oh, I mean, nah, I could just go be sad it wasn't like that I was <laughs> like, you have to fucking go and yeah. do this and make this great and you know really put your with all the little time that you have you need to really go and nail it well, the and thing I, is
1: as well is now is not like back in the day where it's like you, you're the, if you do something that's half assed, you're not just going to get it in the neck from the critics. You're going to get it in the neck
3: from everyone. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and you know, metal no fans in general yeah. are like, you know, they're loyal as hell, and they'll tell you if you think. And I think if yeah. you have to look at the, the, the demographic of the thrash bands, go from the 12 deep, and that goes from Death Angel, Creator, Destruction, up to Metallica, I means overkills, yeah. the Testaments, yeah. whoever's through there, the Mega all the way through there. Nobody's put out a shitty record. Nobody. They're still putting quality records out. You can't go, eh, the last decade eh. man. Overkill Put Records should kick fucking ass. You're,
1: you're right, but there is one in there that put out a really shitty
2: record.
3: Yeah, who? Megadeth. You Sup- didn't like Super that? Collider was fucking awful. I like some songs on it and I like the approach to it for some reason. I'm not yeah. everybody likes Megadeth, but I have to say, he keeps Evolving in certain ways, whether you like it or not, you yeah. know. And he keeps the core. Now I heard this one that they're doing with Chris Adler and um, what's that guitar whiz kid from South America? Yeah, or, kiko or Yeah, whatever he is. I guess it's supposed to be back to really thrashy, chunky, you know, yeah. type stuff again. So we'll see. You know.
1: I've heard some of the stuff that Adler's been saying as well, and it and it bodes well. Right, because he's actually involved
3: in the writing process. Yeah, and opposed, he's not as opposed to just you play this beat he played, here. Right, and he's and um, and I think a guy with credibility like that should have that right to do so. You're bringing Absolutely. in a guy like that. Yeah, let him let let him be Chris Adler. Yeah, you why know what in, I mean? why bring him in just to right. a session? I write? agree. I agree, yeah. and I'm glad yeah, that Dave's bit. doing that. So I feel. You didn't bring Chris, Chris Adler in there to go boom, ta-ta, boom, boom, pa boom, boom, boom yeah. pow. You know what I mean? There's something you got going on there you want to bring. So. Also, I
1: think it adds slightly a little bit more of a, a makes it exciting. Of, I mean, there's something contemporary to the writing that way as well. It's not just a good bunch of guys from back in the day. Right. There's a guy in there a guy, sure. Yeah. Who's... who's
3: Plays yeah. such heavy drums in Lamb of God. So, I mean, you know, he's just, you know, it's... it's, it's, uh, it's that would be uh, interesting, that's for sure. That's for sure.
1: How was last night here? <laughs>
3: Old school. Oh, it, it'll be the same way tonight. Yeah. I mean, the same... I think it was like 493 people last night. There's like 491 mm-hmm. sold to... Me. It's the same thing. Stage diving constantly. Uh, sweaty. Oh. Um If it's... Um, well, you guys do Celsius, right? We do Fahrenheit. Or do yeah, you do Fahrenheit? Yeah, well, we do both. We don't know what's yeah, well, going on. It, it'll be 105 fucking degrees in there, you know what I mean? That's for a lot us. in anyone's, book. Yeah, we did uh, our hottest uh, We went to... Well no, we went to, to Soundwave. Oh, Australia, this Australia, week. forget that yeah. Adelaide. Sun right in our face. Hundred and thirteen on stage.
2: Oh. Okay,
3: hell. and we're pissing like little bitches. You know who comes on after us, very right after us, with full leather garb. Twisted sister? Judas Priest. Fuck. And hell. he he came up with his full that thing that must weigh about eight hundred fucking pounds, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: So yeah. So you're all stood there going, yeah, we'll we'll maybe. I walk them. off stage and I've got this vest on and with patches on it, and I'm like, oh, this thing's killing me. And then I yeah. fucking Hallford's got oh, hand clad the whole fucking thing, and I mean it's 113 degrees. I'm like, what has he got? Air conditioners built in that fucking <laughs> thing somewhere? You know, I don't know.
1: They, they all their stuff is made from really, really expensive high grade leather that does breathe. Yeah. So yeah. It, but, but even so. Oh, you wouldn't get me wearing it. Right. No degree way. No way. Fucking sunlight.
3: I'm so okay. glad we're just all about kind of shirts and jeans and boots. You know what I mean? We don't yeah. really wear spikes and stuff like that. Yeah, you that. don't have to
1: put a suit on to go to the office. But, um, <laughs> cool. This is the next guy. You, you're, you're on a. Um, ooh, Tell H. I think that means food. She's on
3: my boss. She, she's oh, the yeah. boss.
1: Do you need me to wrap up?
3: I'm fine. I'm fine with him. This one I'm this one I'm fine because of this guy. <laughs> lovely. Right, cool. Lovely. She's just so lovely. She's um she is as well. Boy? She's the, she's the
2: new girl.
3: Yes, le- I've and, never dealt with her before. Yeah, I've never dealt with yeah. But I love that uh, nuclear blast is growing immensely. The the nuclear blast is growing immensely. Yeah, like, yeah. There's yeah, offices yeah. everywhere now. Yeah. Dunsdorf was the only office at one point. They're in fucking L.A., Sao Paulo, London. London, yeah. you know what I mean? Where else? They were in uh, somewhere else, too, that they came. Oh, they're, they're nuclear blasts. Somewhere else. Is it was a German? I don't know, it was a German oh, yeah, the, Are they in Rome or somewhere like that? I think it was in they, Italy. They, I think they, it they are Italy. somewhere
1: where you think, really? I know, like yeah. It was
3: somewhere weird. I'm all, there
1: So. they're here? So, you, so uh, you're on nuclear your blasts in the States as well, aren't you? Um, yes, we're worldwide nuclear blasts. Yeah, and... Um, so what's it, like, what's it like being without Gary? How Because uh, it, it's been a bit of a
3: clash, hasn't it? Well, well no, we're not really. It's blood, uh, blood out, blood out. Blood in blood out. It's been out a year now, hasn't no, it? Well, October will be a year, yeah. so right, okay. October, Sorry, so, i probably got it. Eight up. months, eight yeah. months or so. So, um, yeah, well, we've done most of the tours with him. Australia, his father was sick, so he didn't come with us. Right. And then half of the American tour Slayer had some dates, so he didn't come with us on there either. And then he, uh, he didn't come with us here because... They were playing and then they weren't playing and then they were rehearsing and doing videos for Repentless and that sort of thing. And Mayhem Fest starts today, tomorrow in America. It's called Mayhem Fest right. and it's uh, Slayer, King Diamond, oh. Hell yeah, Devil Wears Prada. There's like Whitechapel. There's like a like you know it's like a touring metal festival they do once a year. It's like Ozfest because Ozfest doesn't go anymore, Right, okay. so it's called Mayhem Fest. Rockstar Energy Drinks, man—they oh, right, sponsor yeah, yeah, yeah. it, and it's every summer. And um, Slayer's the headliner this year, right. so he's—you know—he's probably there today. But we have uh, Craig and Love from Heathen, who's just fucking phenomenal.
1: Right, that's awesome. So I'm keep I'm keeping it Bay Area as well.
3: Yes, well, he's actually LA, but. He works with Heathen, he's a good other guitar player in Heathen, right. so he's, you know, if you're going to get somebody, you know, and he does Gary amazingly, so. Awesome, awesome. So you've got him covering for Gary, Gary covering for Jeff. Well, he's not covering anymore, Gary's, well, yeah. in <laughs> Gary's in the band, Gary's in Slayer. So, um. Everybody needs to get used to that. Yeah. Gary's not going anywhere and they're not getting another guy. Gary's in Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> But he's also in Exodus. Well, he is Exodus, not in. He is Exodus. Look who wrote everything? Who writes everything? Who's the only one guy who's been on every record? <laughs> Good point. Very Exodus.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: But it, like you so say,
3: it, 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 it is still possible to do two, to to do the two things. And... Well, I think it's created an extra element that I've returned because it it, yeah. it, it, it goes with that well, we're going to lose an original member to go that, but we gained another one here, yes. so if you were to go back to Pleasures, Tom and I were on Pleasures, if you really go back to, uh, uh, when Gary's with us, the three of us were, three out, three out of five these days is like, a pretty good number in a band, you know, from originality. Hey,
1: hey, I'm not criticizing, I'm the only one in mine. It's me and four guys who, you know. Who don't <laughs> know, who, who weren't even alive.
3: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I've, I've kept it old school i have kept it old school, because um, you know the band I did with the kids, nobody was older than 25, and I'm 51, so I had a bite. <laughs> they couldn't stack two together and meet me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Well, we've got a drummer who's 27, and everybody else is old school. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, but it's yeah, it's, it's okay. Reanimator guys, remember them? Yeah. Whatever yeah, happened yeah. to them? Well, they they've got back together. They um, did
2: do.
1: They're doing a few gigs. They were from Hull. Hull. That's right. Hull. Yeah. Yeah. Reanimator from Hull. We're Reanimator from, from Hull. Hull. Yeah. Except when you're from Hole, you don't pronounce the H. You're just from Hole. Yeah,
3: just from Hole. Um, from Hole. <laughs> yeah. They're... The biggest Hole in the world. Remember the yeah. big? He was a big, tall, blonde geek. What well, was a guy? The bass big... player. Yeah. Big... John. Yeah. He's fucking huge. Yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, I will. I
1: will show you. There's a, there's a funny as fuck picture. Um, and it's me with the guys in Reanimator because I did. I, I I went to one of their shows and and uh, did a guest spot with them. And there's a picture of me and them. And There you go. It looks like it looks like a band, and a, and a and a young child who's joined them as a fan, which is me down the front. That's Reanimator. Yeah. That's how they're looking now. That's that's Kev who was vocals and guitar. That's Mike who was the left-handed guitarist. That's that's the, the little shitty fucking. And that's, 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 wait minute, wait minute, that's minute, wait John, the bass player, and that's Mark, the drummer.
3: That was that skinny little blonde-headed dude. Yeah, that's right. Because you got to remember, I was on the cover of Kerrang! in 1989, yeah. and yeah. I still have it on my wall. Yeah. And every once in a while, I peel it off and undo. It's, it's framed, Yeah. and I go through it. And you I, I remember his tall blonde hair? Of course, he doesn't have any hair anymore. Yeah, but yeah, he was tall. <laughs> on the God, walls. they look older than me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll um you tell him I said Re- that. There's a picture of Reanimator here, Tom. Tom, they are
3: older than us.
1: <laughs> that's me there, but that's that's the guys
3: in Reanimator. Wow. Yeah. See, clean living doesn't make you look dumb. I know. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm, <laughs> yeah, glad, I'm glad I abused with chemicals all my years. <laughs> it preserves yeah. me. It preserves you, yeah. Exactly. Fuck me. I killed my hair. These guys are all fat and shit. Like they're wrinkles. <laughs> oh, they're going to love hair and all of that. <laughs> God, you should see the picture. My mind in the picture of them is... There's a one picture where uh, the blonde guy, he's got the hair. And he used to... It wasn't blonde. He was brown, but he bleached it because he had the brown street here. Yeah, right he's it. sitting in the chair. And Kev has got the hoodie on. And one of them's got an anthrax t shirt on because they loved anthrax. And yeah. uh the bass player, Tolga's got the straight blonde hair that went down, but it wasn't bleached. And then um, the drummer had the kind of cr- and the little baby fucking face. That's right, yeah. It was yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Tell them Zed said you guys look old. Yeah, I think if they, if they, well, if they're listening, they'll, have definitely figured that out. At least yeah. I remember you. I love you guys. but You're <laughs> fucking old. That's it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I, well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I've got that to look forward to coming back. Have you found? Have you found like you've had to like put a serious fitness regime in place? Oh yeah, I stuff? do. go to
3: I hate the road because I can't go to the gym every day. I go to the gym every single day. Right. I go to the gym and I try to eat great. When you're out here. You know, when there's nothing to eat all day and they bring six boxes of pizzas at the end of the night. You have to eat what you have to eat. But yeah. normally when I'm at home, it's all, you know, I don't really drink alcohol. I think I've, I've had two beers in the 35 shows we've done. You know right. what I mean? I just don't drink anymore. And so everybody knows I'm a pothead. They all know I smoke fucking tons of weed. I still do. Love it to death. <laughs> I shouted out to the crowd last night and guys came up. And brought me weed. Oh, so awesome, yeah. Bringing me weed tonight, That's what you know it's, what it's me. all about. Yeah. I love that. You know, I hang it's out like, with them. And so I was
1: looking here, and I was thinking, uh, when we came in, and the, like the smell it was like, yeah, someone's been
3: busy there. Oh. <laughs> and this was full last night when he brought it to me. Oh wow. I man. mean, packed and full. And I just yeah. sat here today, got my little can up there. Remember H? We used oh. to make the cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Look, look at that old school. Look at that shit. Look at you you that. Yeah, know. fucking A. Some people just haven't grown up, brother. (laughs) That's right, It was funny because we have a hockey jersey that we sell. And on the back it says uh, 666 Satan. And we played played Rock and Mario with Metallica. James, we went to watch Creator. And and we kind of went up the stairs and I went up in front. And I hear him say, Satan, huh? I'm all, yeah, you know us, James. We'll never grow up. We will never grow up. And we won't, man. This is what keeps the, our longevity. Well, that,
2: age. and that's what keeps
1: you—that's what keeps you out on the road and, and right. you know and doing it is because it, it is a—it's a yes. There's a connection to the to yeah. the youth and stuff like that. Right. But it's still just a massive fucking buzz, isn't it?
3: You know, it's great. still just. I love playing live. I don't like going. You, know, like, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, great. Yeah. How do I, I get to do this at this age? Fucking unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I look, I'm i have got it all to look forward to. We've got first tour in October, just being announced on Friday. And um, honestly, I am. Through the festivals that I've been at, I've seen Acid Rain shirts and them here and there, dude. you know. So,
2: dude,
1: we're playing. we we have just been added to the Hammerfest, Bill, that you're doing. We're on, on that, March. yeah. We're, we're on when, that. We're, I, but I think we're playing the day before. Are you, I think you're playing the Saturday. I we're don't playing know the Friday. The schedule, no, really no, funnily enough, you wouldn't, would you? Yeah, yeah, no, One gig in March next year. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know what time are
3: you getting there? <laughs> yeah, I'll be there uh, five. I'll meet you for tea at five thirty. All right. Yeah. If, no yeah. problem, geeks. Yeah. What? Make sure I got some weed. Uh, <laughs> meet you there.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, I, I I just can't wait to do it. You know, it, it's it, it's fucking insane, it really is. But no, it's great work.
3: because if you're still accepted, and obviously you are, if they're putting you on stuff, yeah, it's yeah, great yeah. to go out and sing your songs again, even if you're not going to write any new material, well. just to go out and do Moschkenstein again.
2: <laughs> you, you know, well, Moskvinstein. Boschkenstein. Yeah, we'll, we'll
1: do that, man. We'll do that. Actually, we've already recorded a new chain. Because, yeah. Well, because it's, a,
3: because it's a different lineup, I want... But I want, it does make people, sense. I want to And if to you want to get... Have... You know, like us, we're added to festivals every... Good ones every so years because we keep music. You know, even when I wasn't in the band, the band did three records, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which gives you the, you know, the ticket to tour. Yeah. You know, it gives you... oh. Well, so they they got, got a new record, record out. On. Well, we want them put them on Grasspop, put them on Hellfest, put them on Sweet Rock, put them on. You know, yeah. Done and you get to get in that circle again. And after a year or two of that, you've got a new record up, You're back. You're yeah. back. You can. This is not like playing sports or doing any other kind of thing. It's like your other line of work. You can <laughs> do it forever as yeah. long as you keep yourself fresh and you stay relevant. Yeah. You know, and never re- forget where you came from. You know?
1: it's funny I was talking to um, uh, Bobby from Overkill about and he said he was we exactly just did Japan the with them in, yeah, in well, he exactly the same and he was like stay relevant stay relevant that's that's
3: all it is about you know I mean, and then you're hearing that's what I mean you're hearing from two guys the same thing in two different interviews that yeah. are have the same outlook because this is at the age we are age this is at the mentality we are and we know what it takes to keep it where we're at. You know what I mean? And yeah. I said, right, I, I meet new kid bands all the time playing the festivals and stuff. And um, my daughter, who's 17, loves Of Mice and Men. Loves those guys. We went to Soundwave with them. We had a ton of bands. The yeah. way you play with a certain group of bands on certain days and they we played with them and so it seemed like every shuttle, well, our times were the same times there were so we yeah. got to talking and stuff like that and they Obviously, you know, a band now, you know, they sold, they'll sell huge places out in London, big yeah. places. They're, they're a big band. They were asking me, man, you're a legend. It's great. 30 years you've been doing this. What's the key? <laughs> Three words. Write good songs.
1: Yay! Yeah. There it is. I, do you know what? I, I, I've been doing stand-up 15 years, and I get all, and the, the kids come up to me and they say, what do I do? How do I, how do I get from this? And I said, just be fucking brilliant every night. Right. Just write better material and when and do it and then write more and then write, and exactly that. It's everybody wants to What's the key? Now what's the, the secret question is, it's just, Do you
3: write jokes or do you just go to and be funny? You know, because see it's, you all, can, gotta be, it's because all gotta be really, it's all gotta be written. It's all
1: gotta be written. But you can you can make it look because like Because if I feel like stored. if I had
3: to do it I could do it no problem, but it would be all off the cuff because it would be things that I would see in public. If you can't embarrass someone, they're gonna be the best comedian ever. Because it's easy to turn it around And since I've been doing this forever I have no fear of the mind You know what I mean So no fear of somebody So I would think that that would be easy If you knew Like to be able to go up and sing A piece of cake So once you do comedy Once you know how to do it You know what I mean And get in the And know the mechanics of it You know what I mean You could You twist your jokes differently every night Your jokes are twisted But I twist My raps are the same but twisted differently every night. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well, no, I did. I did a. I did a show. Uh, I did a half-hour set last week, and half of it. What? Well, half of it was material, and half of it was just playing on the room and playing with the people. And right. Yeah, you know, it. It, it, it varies, but it still comes down to, like you say, once you know the mechanics and once you know how it works, you can do that.
3: But when you're starting out
2: and it's right, early you don't days, understand. yeah. what, do, what I do I need to give,
3: Where do I need to be? Yeah. What do I need to stand? How do I hold my mic? Absolutely. Do I bang you do I put my foot on the monitor? What yeah. do I do when he plays the lead? How do I, yeah. it's all things that you learn. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. We all operate very well. You know, with uh, you know how we drink a lead part when we come in, when we come back, when somebody goes, you know, we all if it's 30 years, you know each other. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it works out really well. Awesome, man. Awesome.
1: Right, I'm going to switch this off, but dude, um, I think we are probably caught up. Um, when you do an, a stand-up page, how many people? It varies, man. I mean, the other week was like 35 people. And 35. it could be, uh, uh, on, on average, yeah, 150, 200. Um, do, biggest do, you work with, do you work with bigger comedians
3: and of old No. Like, no. no,
1: the biggest, biggest show I've done is Download, which is 1,200 people in a massive fucking tent, um, which is
2: awesome.
3: <laughs> That, because that that was that was like the ultimate gig. You okay, have the it was old school stand-ups, English stand-ups. You have know, the Lenny Henrys, the Alexis Sales. Do they still do it anymore? Um, Lenny Henry's
1: now an actor. Alexis Sales going to come back and do some, I think, but not much. Um, everybody's
3: kind of diversified
1: and gone. Who off Who do and you on. work
3: with from that time? To work with anybody ever? Uh, no, before? no one really. Cause That's why I so... asked you about Rick Mail. You know? Yeah. You oh, know,
1: yeah. Of course. Well, no. It's all it's all different. It's it's all different circuits. I'm I'm very much just on the live circuit. Would
3: you Would you not go to movies? Is there a reason why they haven't pulled you, or have you tried? Uh, yeah,
1: no, because you're talking about basically the top half a percent. Oh, get, I know. That's true. It Really is. So so, and there's no, you know, it's 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 basically you get what you're given. So I'm just happy to be out there working, gigging. Um, I st- when I started out, um, well, not when I started out, but. I had um, one of my support acts was Jimmy Carr uh-huh. you know I mean so they've all come and overtaken me and stuff like that so yeah there was, there was a time where you know I had all the big hey, names hey
3: Pantera and, like, opened up for us there, there you then, go yeah and then we were like wow Yeah. we'd have to open for Ben opening for Pantera you know what I mean it's just like yeah. they went yeah. like
2: that
1: Paradise Lost did their first ever gig supporting Acid Rain went on to be hugely successful for like decades and decades right. you know yeah, it's 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 kind of weird, but you know, that's, that's the way it happens man. It's just the way it goes. It's the way it goes. Right, I've got to get a friend of mine into the gig. And that's where we left it. Um uh, and he did get my uh, he did get my mate into the gig. Um and that was a fucking absolute car crash, but I'll tell you that about it in a bit. Anyway, um <laughs> uh, if any of Reanimator are listening to this. <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> um uh, it, it was really cool to catch up with Zach. and by the way the, the the noise you could hear in the background the buzzing it was uh, was air con and it because it was absolutely fucking roasting um, and um it was just great to catch up with him honestly we haven 't seen each other for all that time, and it was just saw each other with just big hugs and just 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 awesome to see him um, and, uh, and, for, and and hope uh, and we 've just been confirmed we Acid it rain have been confirmed on the hammerfest um, uh, in Wales um, in March next year, and they're playing it as well. So I'm kind of like, well, I'm hoping that we're going to end up on the same day, but you never know. Um, but yeah, it's just been it was awesome, awesome to see him, awesome gig, um, really knocked it out of the park, um, and um, and it was ju- it was just great to catch up, and um, you know, I uh, smoked a bit of weed and uh, and chilled out, and um, and it all they, how cool is this, right? A guy rocked up. Um, I knocked on the door and I was looking for my mate and I kind of ended up becoming some sort of like doorman on the tour bus. I didn't get a picture of the toilets, by the way. Sorry about that. It's a thing in case you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, But um, yeah, so I, I, so, you know, people knocking on the door. I was like, oh, uh, hi, um, uh, Steve around. He told me to come. And I was like, all right, he's, yeah, he's, he's back there. But, you know, I didn't want to let anyone in um, at that, you know, without kind of, Getting Steve to say so first. You ain't got to be respectful in these um in these environments. Um, I mean we're mates and everything, but I'm not just going to fucking let everybody on the tour bus who says, oh he said it'd be okay. Um, but then this guy said, um, and I saw my mate, and I was like, oh, and then and then this guy said, yeah, he told me to pop by. Um, 'Cause I um I've got a delivery for him. And I was like, Ah, right, okay, yeah, he said there might be and people it was amazing, people keep dropping by, as you heard in the interview. This guy brought round some homegrown and how cool is that and as, and then we, we we had to wrap it up there and um and then I come off I come off the tour bus and as I'm walking past the guy, he goes he looks at me and he goes Um I listened to the to- I listened to the podcast by the way I like it I was like oh cool now that how is that for the sort of perfect profile of a listener to talking bollocks for me, right? Absolutely perfect. Somebody who gives away free homegrown weed to thrash metal vocalists. I mean, yeah. And hopefully you're listening, mate. And, I, and I'm sorry I didn't stop and have a chat. And and we we did, but I I was trying to sort shit out. Um, as now has become apparent. Um, so my apologies. Otherwise, I would have definitely got your number and would def- definitely um, look to uh, look to h- hook up at some point. Um, and even though I have said I'm cutting down, um, it, you know, if you feel like getting in touch, you can get me at Howard at allabouttherock.co.uk. You can tweet me at Talking Bollocks. Um, you can get hold of me in all the usual ways via facebook via keith platt and everything else um and yeah i'm now use, i'm now using the podcast to do um to do requests for uh, for the delivery of illegal drugs um of course i'm not recommending that um uh, i think it should be mandatory um it, you should have no choice in it um <laughs> But, um, yeah, so anyway, uh, nice one, man. Um, and uh, yeah, just a great, a great chat with, um, we set there. And it was, it was a bit chaotic, right? I actually bought tickets for the gig a while back because I, I, I didn't want to rely on having to get guest list. And I, and I wanted to be there and I wanted to get, you know, get the second interview and all the rest of it. Um, so what did I do? Halfway there, forgot my tickets, right? Now, I had Stilly with me, um, as in Kev from Acid Rain's younger brother. Um, and he, he, people kind of sort of know who he is. He's, a, he's, I mean, he's a legendary roadie. He's over. He was over here working with um, Stereophonics. Whenever he comes over, he crashes at my place. And he's, um, he was here working with Stereophonics, and um, does a lot with Billy Talent. And um, um, uh, oh, another band. Who I, I haven't had one of these. Have I? I haven't had a Brain Fade yet on the on this month's podcast. What a knob. Um, Skunk and Nancy. Yeah, there you go. And he did a lot with them as well. So anyway, um, uh, so he's with me as well. And he's going, oh, should we turn back? And I was like, looking at the traffic and knowing when I had to get to go and see Steve. I was like, we can't. I was like, shit. Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll fucking blag it. Because I'd got guest list. Um, but I was one short on the guest list. Um, and um, and then and Steve really kindly sorted out the guest list. That was brilliant. And all the rest of it. Do you know what I realised after the gig? Do you know what fucking idiot head here had done. I didn't bring the tickets with me because there were no tickets. They were tickets you print out yourself. The PDF was on my phone. I could have just fucking... I could have used that. I could have used that. What a fucking idiot. What an idiot. But anyway, um, yeah, so we, we got it. We got it all sorted out I, I, in the end. Um, Still, he was asked if he was Gaz, as in Gaz he used to be in Acid Rain. We, that was a weird one. Um, and I, um, um, I, I, I there was there was some people. There was a few people there with Acid Rain T-shirts on. Well, three. Um, and this has been fucking, I'm, me crowbaring Acid Rain everywhere I can, hasn't it? It's not always going to be like this, guys, I promise. It's just, I'm a bit excited, now. I'm like a dog with three dicks. I'm just fucking, yeah, I'm a bit excitable. Um, but, um, uh, and so the guys who had these, these Acid Rain t-shirts, um, I said to him, have you got, I said to one of them, have you got, um, have you got headphones with you? And he went, yeah. Hey, yeah. he do you want to hear the new, do you want to hear the new Acid Rain song? And he was like, uh, Yeah. So he plugged his headphones into my phone and I played him, uh, played him the new track and I did that with two or three people. Um, great, uh, you know, and don't go thinking, oh, that was a nice thing to do, you're really nice. No, just, just you know, just market research. You know, it's what you do in it. Um, but no, it's cool. You know, it's nice to be able to put a smile on people's face and for them to be able to, you know, yeah, look, you all know what we're like as metalers. We all like to brag to other people that we've seen things that they haven't, that we've done things they haven't, that we've got things they haven't. You know, and, and for you know, for somebody to be able to say, yeah, yeah, I heard the new Acid Rain song last night. And, and, and his mates go, who? Never heard of them. <laughs> Uh, but you know, hopefully, it, it, hopefully it was um, it was cool. I um, oh, and here, and by the way, a shout out to the guys who were at the the Leeds crew from the Flotsam and Jetsam gig that Andy got on the guest list. I I, I meant to give you a shout out on the last podcast. My apologies that I didn't. Um, I know you said you listened to the you listened to the podcast as well, and and you were acid rain fans, and and I I I, I apologise about that. So hello guys, hope you like the new song. Um, it's going to be out on Friday. Enjoy, and um, you know, tell tell me what you think. And um, yeah, so there you go. Um, and one final shout out to Fifty Cent.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, he's uh, he's fucking uh, bankrupt. <laughs> hey, Fifty Cent hasn't even got fifty cents. Boom! That's why I get to pay big money. That's why I'm the comedian. (laughs) I just think it's fucking hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. That was his film. Well, it looks like Die Trying Cent, doesn't it? Because we're going to start calling you Cent because you certainly ain't got 50. Lucky if you've got Cent. Get Rich or Die Trying. That's hilarious, isn't it? In the club. Yeah, that was 2005, mate. In the club. When 2005, people still bought stuff. You see, what... I'm I'm going to be, you know, a financial advisor to the dickhead stars here. But what his mistake there was, was thinking that he was always going to be able to make the kind of money that he made back then. But of course, no. Not possible, is it? Because back then, people were still buying physical products. You know, about 10 years ago, they were still still dying a bit... A lot more than they do now. You were still able to make some, you know, half-decent money. Whereas now, oh, now you've fucked. So... Yeah, sorry, mate. It's yeah, two thousand and five, you were big. Mm, well, not anymore. Sorry, but that's just the way it goes. So, um, yeah, you got a feel for him. But such is life. Such is life. So anyway, um as you can probably tell, winding down the podcast now, um, it's um it's it's it's, it's an exciting time at the moment, as I as I keep mentioning, um, for me in particular. And um and hopefully um, you guys feel like I'm, I'm sharing it with you as opposed, and, and believe me, believe you and me, that is how it feels. That is how it's meant to be. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting here going, yeah, I, me, 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 I'm doing all of this shit. Aren't you jealous? That's not where I'm coming from at all because, and it, that's never, that's never been my way, um, even the first time around with the band it's just fun it's just great it's just enthusiasm it's just love um and believe you me there is absolutely no reason to be doing this other than the love because there really is no money around um but you know that's 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 it and i and i you know i don't want anyone to think that i am in any way um you know taking a piss or 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 not grateful um for the chance you know for the chances that we're getting 25 years after having done anything you know that's just outrageous um but anyway um look you know you guys I, I, i i can't believe you tune in in the numbers you do um it's just it's amazing it really is amazing um, and uh, you know what can I say? Um, I'm I'm blown away. I'm blown. I'm also waffling because I'm trying to get into my I'm trying to get into my fucking email, right? Um, because I want to play you a tune. And as usual, fucko here hasn't done as research. because I, I get excited about about doing things like um, this. You know, this podcast. So I get all excited, and what happens is um, I forget to do the prep. You know, and I just want to get stuck in. I've got some notes on my phone and I just want to get stuck in and get on with it. And then it's like I do things that like I hit a point like this and I'm like, ah, right. OK, yeah, I, I kind of need to back off a little bit. Um, so anyway, look, um, the, the band that oh, for fuck's sake, honestly, um, the the band that I want to uh, that I want to play you guys um, is a band from uh, Greece called by Bi- uh, sorry called BioCancer right? Um, the album was Tormenting the Innocent. Oh, here come the fucking notifications because I switched, switched my phone on. Um, oh, and there's one from Craig at All About the Rock. Now, um, I have completely done a disservice to All About the Rock just recently. Um, and yeah, it's just... It's just, I I, I don't know why I've done that, but I've I've completely overlooked them. And I really, really do apologise for that. And actually, he's just sent me a message and I need to reply really quickly. So hang on, I've got to go and reply to this message. Right, so sorry about that. I I am back. So, All About The Rock. Go there, check it out. Um, uh, Always, There's great stuff on there. Um, They host this podcast. Without them, I wouldn't be able to do this. So, it'd be really good if you could all just, you know, pop down there occasionally and um, share some stuff and like some stuff and just generally do what, you know, people are supposed to do. So, um, finally, um, a, a track from BioCancer. Uh, From the album Tormenting the Innocent. Um, I'm going to play you the opening track, which is called Obligated to Incest. Now, not exactly correct English, but hey, who gives a fuck? It's music, right? Um, And part of the reason for playing this is, you know what? Greece needs some love right now. I mean, I'm sat here moaning about, like, there's no money in the music business, yada, yada, yada. There's no money in that fucking country at all. They are fucked, man. They are fucked. So um, yeah, I'm I'm doing my little bit for the Greek metal economy, um, and uh, I'm playing a tune by Bio Cancer. So uh, the album's called "Tormenting the Innocent." Um, and look, you can find them on Facebook. You can find them everywhere. Um, in fact, I'm even going to go as far as give you it's fe- it's Facebook.com forward slash Bio Official. Okay, so there you go. Um, and this is my little bit of um yeah this is my little bit of um support for the uh, the Greek metal economy. Um and it just remains to be said thank you so much. Thank you everybody for for listening in. See what I did? Hey. Hey. Um it it's it's great to have you along. Can't believe it. Um please just keep coming back. Keep telling your friends. Let's have a bollocks Bollocks back. Talking bollocks. Shouting match going on at a gig. Um, anybody who's got any kind of technology with a podcast app on it, get it. Subscribe to Talking Bollocks. Make sure you, they either tell them you've done that or don't tell them you've done that. Whatever. Yeah. If if, if it's an iPhone or an iPad, chuck it in a river. Um, but only before you've subscribed to the Talking Bollocks podcast. Then heave ho. Into the river. Down a drain. Whatever you like. Um, so once again thank you very 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 much Um, check out the new Acid Rain song like I haven't mentioned it enough acidrain.co.uk is the only place where it will be the song will be streaming in its entirety Um, well it's probably won't it'll probably end up on YouTube as well Um, oh and Bandcamp but anyway look you can get there from Friday the 17th it will be available um, uh, midnight um, on Friday or midnight Thursday, depending on how you look at it. Which does my head in that? Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd really, um, I'd really like you guys to hear it. Even if you've got absolutely no interest in acid rain and thrash metal, totally understand. But, you know, if you want to see what this fucking jabbering twat um, sounds like when he's trying to be a vocalist. Um, feel free to have a listen and then tell me how much better Randy Blythe is. <laughs> um, so uh, so anyway, look. Um, and by the way, all that criticism of his name. Yeah, I called myself H back in the day. All right, just H on its own. Yes. Later on, it was then it was then copied by H from Steps. But it turns out his H didn't stand for Howard. It stand it stood for homosexual he came out as being gay a few years afterwards. Um, So there you go. Anyway, just a little bit of trivia for you. So, finally, thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Never a chore, okay? Um, This is is bio-cancer and obligated to incest.